Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. 15 spring practices are in the books. And tonight we have something that we can touch and feel when it comes to the 2019 Miami Hurricanes. And we embark on our final spring edition of Cane Sport Live. There's nothing more polarizing than quarterback battles, and certainly we will be analyzing what we saw from the Cozy Perry, Jaron Williams, and Tate Martell from every angle imaginable tonight. But there are so many other things to talk about. The forward progress of Will Mallory, the emergence of K.J. Osborne, who slipped into the vacuum left by Jeff Thomas, injury woes, to all but guarantee himself a spot a new offensive coordinator, Dan Enos' big three, i.e. the guys he will build his passing game plans around. The offensive line, a major work in progress, but, but progressing under the tutelage of new coach Butch Barry. The unblockable forces at defensive end, the tackles, the secondary on defense. We'll cover it all tonight on this special spring practice Cane Sport Live show. Hello again, everybody. I'm Gary Furman, the publisher of canesport.com, and I welcome everyone again to Cane Sport Live. As always, this is your show, and it'll be driven by your participation. The call in number is 563 999 3633. That's 563 999 3633. As always, more than 100 open phone lines, plenty of room. For everybody to call in and participate, Um, same system as always applies. If you want to come on the show, you hit the number one on your keypad. That'll put you in the queue. We'll bring you on the show in the order that you land in the queue. We once again ask the subscribers at canesport.com to post the topics and questions that they would like to hear discussed on tonight's show. There's a lot of them and a lot of really good ones, and I'm going to change it up a little bit tonight and try to get to them even a little earlier in the show than usual just to make sure that we touch on all of them because there are so many good topics to address tonight. But before we go out to the phone lines, let me touch first on a few of my own impressions from spring practice. Here are some of the things that I really liked a lot. I really like the new offensive scheme installation of Dan Enos. It's versatile in its elements, and it will allow Enos to tailor his game plans not only to the skill sets of his players, which he obviously is determined to do, but also the weaknesses of opponents. There's a lot of versatility to this offensive system. They could go under center. They can go into the shotgun. Um, There's a lot of play-action elements involved, obviously a lot of different types of pass routes. So Enos has a lot of options at his disposal as he moves forward here with this offense. And I'm sure there's more to come in the fall. I really like the level of coaching that I saw coming from the new coordinator. Enos professes not to take a playoff when it comes to coaching, and he really means that. There was not a play that went by in those practice sessions 
that he wasn't in some way coaching, not just his quarterbacks, but really all the players on offense. But obviously he had a big emphasis on the quarterbacks, working a lot on their mechanics, their footwork. And it really showed as you watch practice, just on simple things like their play action fake techniques and things like that. Um, these guys look much more polished and competent than they did a year ago. And I think you saw some of that on display in the two scrimmages that the public was allowed to attend. That brings me to Nikozi Perry. When you look at the way that Nikozi Perry finished last season, and I don't need to refresh all of that for you. You remember it, the videos, the poor play. Well, you would have to say, when you do look at all that, that the story of spring might just have been how consistent Perry looked in Danny Nose's offense. The coaches have not said who was ahead in the quarterback derby, but to all of us who watched throughout the spring, it looked like it was gonna, you know, likely Perry. He also went first in the rotation of the last two scrimmages and was followed by Jaron Williams and Tate Martell. That was not sold to everyone as an official order. But to our eye, after watching all that we could of spring and talking to plenty of people who saw even more live action than we did, that is probably how we would rank the quarterbacks right now, with the qualifier being that Tate Martell And we don't know what he was told when he was enticed to transfer to Coral Gables. And I really didn't think about this too much during spring, but I did a radio show uh, a couple mornings ago, and they brought this up and asked me the question. And I thought it was a great point. And typically high-profile transfers like this coming from a place like Ohio State to Miami, there's, there's like, let's be honest, there's wink-wink kind of promises. You know, like, hey, we wouldn't be taking you if we didn't think you were good enough to be the guy, that kind of thing. Um, and there's a chance that that type of sales pitch might have been made to Tate Martell. We don't know that it was, but it's a fair question and a fair point. What was he promised to come to Miami? And um, it didn't really play out. If that, if that was a plan, it really didn't play out that way in actuality. And in most of the spring practices, Martell was clearly number three in the pecking order in terms of the quality of his performance on the practice field. So um, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out over the summer into fall camp. Um, and it's going to be quite a drama. You know, can, can the Cozy stay out of trouble? Will Jaron Williams stick it out? You know, after so much chatter about a potential transfer before the spring. Enos and Manny Diaz said that they will be paying very close attention to leadership this summer when the team has to go out and practice at times without coaches on the field. Enos also said this week that he would like to narrow the race down the two very early in the, in the deal in fall camp so that he can increase the reps of the players who will most likely be in the thing in the games when things get real on August 24th. So, you know, I don't have to tell you, this is going to be interesting to watch. It's going to be quite a drama. Okay. Other things to like KJ Osborne, his maturity really sh shown through. You could tell he's an older player in every single way that he conducts business. He runs good routes. He catches the football 
And when he doesn't, he's the first guy that you see on the drugs machine after practice. He's been a leader amongst the receivers, taking all the young guys under his wing. Miami got everything it thought it was getting, and probably more, in K.J. Osborne. And you're going to see him as part of that big three that Dan Enos is talking about. He's not saying he's only going to play three guys, but he wants to know that he's got three dudes that he could put out there that he can count on to make big plays on a consistent and constant basis. And I think it's a fair bet that K.J. Osborne is going to be in that mix. I think it's a good bet that Jeff Thomas is going to be in that mix too. So the question is, what third guy is going to step up? And I'm not sure that that's been defined yet in, you know, in spring practice. We saw an improved version of Mark Pope. I wouldn't declare Pope in there in the big three just yet, but the former five-star recruit put a lot of effort into spring practice, showing up early at the football facility, putting in extra time to make sure he knew the plays, and his work was clearly paying dividends as you watch practice. So he could become a factor this fall as well. I also liked what we saw of true freshman Jeremiah Payton, who hardly looked like a true freshman. Very consistent, catches the football, looked like he was running very good routes. I think there's a great chance that Payton contributes as a true freshman. The rest of the guys, you know, Harley, Hightower, they were hurt. You know, they'll be playing catch-up here over the summer. Um, Wiggins, you know, he, he, he did fine. Um, so it's going to be a stampede, and it's going to be a serious competition at receiver to see just who can get the trust of Coach Enos. I mentioned Mallory earlier. My God, did he emerge as a massive matchup problem this spring. I saw this kind of potential in him last year, to be honest. I couldn't understand why Mark Rick didn't use him more. But I think Mallory and Brevin Jordan in tandem will be as good as any tight ends in the country and that they'll be a huge part of Enos' game plans this fall. How about the emergence of true freshman Zion Nelson at offensive tackle to the point where he is under serious consideration for a starting job from day one in the fall? This, is, this was a two-star recruit that was going to Appalachian State before Miami got into the mix and landed him. Now, obviously there are a lot of reasons that this is not a great thing. I mean, when do you ever want to see a true freshman, uh, you know, especially one that isn't considered like a five-star sure thing kind of recruit, come out of the gate and start from day one? But it's a positive for Nelson that he's gaining weight at a rapid-fire pace. I think he's up to about 260 now. And then he's thought of in this kind of regard by the coaches. That tells you that the Canes might have uncovered a a real good one for down the road in Zion Nelson. Um, Not sure you can expect him to be great as a true freshman, but the tackle spot is so challenged right now, and Miami is so lacking true offensive tackles that the opportunity is there and Zion Nelson barged right through that door in spring practice. And he's going to get a hard look in fall camp to claim a starting spot on the offensive line. Other things to point out, how about the quality spring for Nesta Silvera? You know, because of the shortcomings of the offensive line, 
I don't think we'll really know what kind of impact Severa will be able to make until the games start for real in the fall. But it was clear that he had a great attitude this spring and that he was working hard to become good enough to make the kind of impact that his raw ability would suggest he should be able to make here in the second year of his career. This is his time to shine. It looked like he was making the most of it throughout spring practice. It also was encouraging that John Ford took a forward step before he got banged up and missed the last uh, week or two. Um, I'll put the similar qualifier in place there. We won't really know the true story of John Ford until we get to the fall. Um, But it looked like he was moving forward um, in his skill set as a defensive tackle. I thought Gervin Hall looked consistently good in the secondary. You know, Trajan Bandy's a given. Uh, Guys become a total beast. Gervin Hall's under the gun to become a primetime player now. And uh, he looked consistently good in the secondary. And I thought DJ Ivey seemed to improve as each practice um, passed also. Still a lot of questions in the secondary. Still a lot of questions overall. A lot of them that won't be answered until the fall. It would probably be wise to have realistic expectations for this team. But they got a lot out of these 15 spring practice sessions, and that is nothing but a positive. So those are my opening thoughts. Let's go to your calls, hear what you have to say. The number, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's start out tonight in the 757. You are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Man, don't nobody want to hear me talk because they're going to say I'm talking trash like a mug. But I ain't going to talk trash. I'm just going to make it real quick. You know it's Kane Kane one. Yeah, I'm the first caller, so I'm going to make this real fast. Love the way the defense is looking. Can't wait till my man get there from Tech Trey. I talk to him every now and then. I know he's getting ready to finish up at Tech. I do know that much. So uh, that's another addition. It's so much. That D-line about, what, seven deep, Gary? What you say, about eight deep? When everybody at end. At end, it's deep. I wouldn't call it deep to tackle okay. yet. No, no, deep ain't tackle. Okay, I got you with that. I got you with that. Uh, yeah, everything looks good, man. You know, and congratulations to Polk and um, Perry for getting offensive uh, improvement player uh, for the um, spring camp. I seen that today. And um, let me ask you something, Gary. You know, it's mighty funny. I just hate to bring this up a little bit. I ain't going to bring too much. Why it seem like they did have a good day. No problem. Yeah, five-star, no biggie. But it seemed like from all videos that I look at, from hearing you, from hearing people read, when Williams had this bad day or sort of kind of bad, I mean, they were just like hitting him like they hit Martell. But he was four for six, had a pick, had a TD. Now, here's what I'm going to say. If Perry won the job, that's fine. I ain't tripping because Perry has changed, and it's a good thing. And this is what quarterback competition is. But, you know, I see passes like in the spring game when your boy bounce back. And I love the way the way it shows the ball when receivers are in route, like going in the middle of the field, and it's like they get the ball and they can still run. And that TD pass, he threw the Mallory. Okay. But enough said with that. All I'm saying is people just like, oh, well, uh, he throws the ball and the way his mechanics is. But nobody has said this from all the videos, even you. You even stood up and said, well, you got to understand that this, that, and the third. Well, we're no – when fall ball start with everybody, because I'm pretty sure the first team defense is all of them going to have to line up against them. 
and that's where it's all going to start anyway. Would you agree, sir? Yes, sir. I, You know, one of the so, things I didn't like, I, I, I just went through all the things I did like. One of the things I did not like is I didn't like in the last two scrimmages that I, I didn't feel like they got a lot out of them. I, I felt like they got very little out of those last two scrimmages, and I would have liked to see the ones versus the ones at least half, you know, half the time, and 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 get some real, real, real hardcore work in. Now, you know, I know they get it in individual practices and stuff, but I mean that's different than being out there in front of yes, people sir. in a state in a stadium and and in a game type setting. I would have liked to see more one on ones versus ones, and I, that's been a hot topic with the fan base going back to last year. And uh, I really felt like they, that that they could have benefited a little bit more from that. Everybody, not just the linemen, but the quarterbacks and, yeah, and everything else. Um, you know, yeah, that said, and... here, here's what I think happened, Kane Kane. And I was going to touch okay. on this later, but but I might as well touch on it now. Things were so bad last year that I think the fan base had had really bought in to this concept of Tate Martell coming into the program and that he was going to be the Messiah, so to speak. And, and there was no way that Nicosi was going to be the quarterback again. There was no way that Manny Diaz was going to put himself through that. Um, and Jaron Williams has never played it, you know, really played and, and he, and he's, he's young and he's got, and he's got a long way to go. So I think the fan base had sold itself on this, the idea of this of Tate Martell coming in and being the Messiah, being the savior. What nobody really took under consideration is Tate Martell hasn't really done much either. And the thing that was astonishing because of all the buildup was that he wasn't close to as good as the other two guys in most of the drills and, and work that we watched. Now, we only saw about a third of practice each day, and we didn't certainly didn't get to see any, everything. But Kane Kane. You think we have people that we talk to that do? <laughs> like we, you know, I mean, and a lot of them. So, like, and there yes, was sir. nobody, not one person this entire spring said to anybody, and I'm not just including myself, I'm talking to anybody, that they mm-hmm. thought that it was any different. I mean, Tate Martell struggled through the greater majority of spring practice. Now, he did start to do a little bit better the last week. We saw him look a little bit better in a practice or two the last the week. Yes, sir. Yep, we did. And he, he, had a, he had some nice moments in Orlando the other day. Now, yes, the first drive, to me, is the one to pay attention to because he was going against the real defense the first drive, and he did pretty well. Mm-hmm. They had, like I think, like a 10- or 12-play drive. I'd have to go back and count it in the play-by-play. But um, – they had a, a, a really nice drive, and, and he made some some nice nice throws in in that, and he, he kept the chains moving, and and I thought it was his greatest moment of the spring, by far. That 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 first drive in Orlando. Now people took that, and they have run with it. Okay, and he had a couple other really nice plays as the scrimmage went on, but those were against walk-ons. Like I don't put a lot of stock in on those plays, although I thought the pass, the touchdown pass to Irvin no matter who was covering, was a really nice throw. He made a really nice throw yeah, on the touchdown play that. to Urban. I don't know if you were able to watch the tape. but um, Yeah, I saw it. Yeah, it was a nice pass. Not knocking that Now, out. do I think what happened in Orlando totally changed the whole picture of the quarterback position? I'm, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I, I think Nicosi has the edge going into the summer. But I do think Tate put himself back into the conversation. And oh, yes, I think it's I think it's a legit it's a, a legit three way battle. 
I, I really hope we've seen the end of people, including yourself, try to inject race into this. It has nothing to do with race. I mean, this is a legit three-way athletic battle. If you ask my opinion, I think Nicosi's got a little bit of an edge going into the summer. I don't think it's decided yet by any stretch, and I think all eyes are going to be on these guys in the summer um, in how they work to improve themselves, the the time they put in, and then we'll see what happens. Um, I'm guessing that we'll have a better idea by the second week of training camp. Uh, By the beginning of August, I think we'll start to get a real idea who the quarterback's going to be. I agree. Everything is um, for everybody. Offensive line, everybody is going to be down. Well, you see how Enos is. And one guy wrote a thing out saying, Enos ain't just looking for no one thing with Tate did. He's looking for overall. Everybody better do what the hell they got to do. When I ain't around, when you is around, it's going to be some spies out there. If you ain't doing your job and you don't know the playbook, you probably won't see the field. Point blank, period. That's how that man wrote. He seemed like he. He's an ace in the hole, so that's probably the best thing to happen in Miami in many, many years. But you know what? I don't like to be the one to tie up people. So, hey, whenever the next show is, till next time, bless all the kings, the quarterback, <laughs> the linebacker, the running back. Love it all. Well, Cam, keep running. Let God get healthy. Hell with it all. King King <laughs> is out. Love y'all all. I'm done. All right, King King. Well, by the next time we have the, the next show, I think we'll know who the quarterback is. That'll be, uh, that'll be in August. But, uh Thanks for being part of the show and getting us started as always and um, always like your input. Just please, please, please do not inject race into the conversation on the message boards because race has nothing to do with anything of any of this. So, uh, But it's going to be fun to watch that whole thing unfold. And uh, I do think Tate Martell put himself back in the conversation. I don't think he erased everything that went on in the spring. He didn't erase a month of work, but – he he did put himself back in the conversation. And the one thing that you do have to take into consideration, if the offensive line is as challenged as we think it's, it is and is going to be, a quarterback that can improvise and move around a little bit, you know, might at a default become the best option. And maybe that wouldn't be fair to Nicosi. Maybe that wouldn't be fair to Jaron. But – the coach has got to try to win football games. So it, it could play out that way as well. So we'll see a lot of ifs, a lot of questions, a lot of questions as this team goes into the summer. And, uh, you know, that's the only way to really look at it. All right. Five, six, three, nine, 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 three, six, three, three, five, six, three, nine, 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 three, six, three, three. Hit the number one on your keypad. If you'd like to come on the show, I think I know who's on the other end of line two here. Things are about to get a little animated. Let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Gary, how are you? It's Everything 305 checking in with you guys. What's up, Everything? What you got for us this week, man? Fighting a bit of a cold here. But, uh, listen, I, I just wanted to thank you once again for doing the show tonight, giving us a chance to come on here and express our opinions and <clears throat> support for these kids. Uh, big week, not only just to recap what we did last week, uh, or for the last five weeks rather, but also looking ahead at uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday uh, for these kids that are that are going on to the next level uh, that wore the Oregon green <clears throat> proudly for so many years for us. So exciting week to be a Kane, huh, Gary? Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. Crowd was great in Orlando. Um, wasn't overly thrilled about the ride up and down the turnpike but once you got there and saw all the people and the enthusiasm and everything and and the way it all played out i thought it was great 
Yeah, I I did get genius of my realized that this was more of an issue of availability of the stadium, but Manny wants the Rolling Stones canceled to maintain it up there in Orlando. I thought that was genius because there's so many people from Central Florida, uh, Northern Florida that uh, I mean, man, people from Gainesville, people from all over the place, uh, Jacksonville. I mean, I, I thought it was a great opportunity for those fans to come on down and uh, support some of the kids that are on the roster right now and. There was a lot of recruits there, although they couldn't be on the field, but there was tons of players there, Gary. Yeah, there were some. Yep, no doubt. So were you there? Yeah, I had a chance to go. Uh, we, me and the crew went up there, and we met some some friends up there. Didn't get a chance to go on the field, but did get a chance to get up to the press box a little bit and uh, with a friend of mine. But uh, these are the thoughts that I have and just trying to surmise the entire, I guess, spring. Uh, the first thing that comes to mind, and we've talked about this ad nauseum, is, is the offensive line. Um, I did not like that, once again, it was ones versus twos. Um, yep. and I know I didn't, Gaynor I didn't either. got some injuries. Uh, to me, it gives every, the whole thing is a false sense of reality because you don't have the ideal personnel, the top-tier personnel that you have, skill-wise, ability-wise, that are going to be the main contributors next year playing. Um, well, and, so and how do you like how do you get look, I don't know how you get better like that. Like I just don't like that. Was, that was the one I, thing like, that I didn't, that I personally didn't like. <laughs> just just because of how far I feel that this team has to go to to get to the level they want to be at. And you only had three scrimmages in the spring, so I mean I would have I would have gone I I'm not saying they had, you had to roll out the playbook and and show you know, you know Florida had coaches in the stands but it would have been good especially at the line of scrimmage to put the best against the best and 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 challenge them an issue of uh, trying to maintain uh, the health and well-being of the kids I just thought it was an issue of what's best mentally for these kids mentally you want them to go out mentally feeling better about themselves, feeling that they've progressed. So, you know, you heard some comments from the coaching staff and coach speak, which you're always going to hear. But the reality is that they weren't really tested at optimal levels. And so everything pretty much you can think is, is, is not a realistic picture of where you're really at. Uh, notwithstanding that, one thing that, that you mentioned earlier about Enos, I think this guy did a fantastic job of utilizing the entire spring to put in his offense, and then he's figured out for each one of these kids what works best for them. Uh, a case in point, we could tell that Martell's never felt comfortable in the center, okay? Uh, and early on, the first week of practice, there was some, especially when we went to the coaching clinic, that, that first practice we saw, that was primarily what we saw. We didn't see too much of the spread stuff. But once you get them in the actual game setting and in the actual formation you're going to utilize, that kid is our best scrambler. That kid has the best instincts to make something happen with his feet. And when you don't have a very experienced offensive line and a very, uh, I would say, high ability, high efficiency type of offensive line, because we haven't had that in years, and it's not going to click overnight that we're going to have it this year either, I think he does provide you with that opportunity. Uh, when you look at what he put in for for um, for, for uh, Williams, he did a lot of three tight end set with that kid. Did a lot of fullback sets with that kid. In other words, he's more of a kid that's just more comfortable in the pocket and not really comfortable running because that's not really his forte. You can see it. Can he run? Yeah. Is he a runner? No. There's no way in hell he is. 
speed-wise and, and, and the ability to go ahead and get out of the pocket. Maybe you can't do that. And then you've got Nikosi, and that's the kid I think that grew the most. Uh, from day one of spring practice to the end, that kid, he, I think he grew the most. He did I agree. Shotgun, he, did, he did it in the big formations, heavy formations. Uh, I, I think that kid took a big step. But what we do know about these three kids, that there's one that makes questionable decisions. So if I'm a bet man, I'm putting my money that he's going to screw up over the summer. And this and Martell and Williams are going to be the two kids that are going to be there. Now, some of you might say, well, Williams is going to be out of here. But the writing's on the wall. Uh, he, he's going to be transferred. He's not going anywhere. Gonna, I don't think he is. that's exactly what they have. He ain't going nowhere, Gary. That's exactly why they have a name to starter. you got to keep these three guys hungry. But what Enos has done, which is the smartest thing any offensive coach we've had in the last 10 years has done, he's basically figured out what they're good at and what they're not good at. And, yes, it's somewhat flawed because you don't have – the same offensive line or a consistent offensive line there. That's not what you've had for the last couple of weeks. But formation-wise and instinct-wise and mentally, I think Enos has figured out what each one does well. Uh, you also mentioned what he's going to do is similar to what modern-day offensive football is about, uh, exploiting the weaknesses of the defense you're facing in, in space. So you're looking at Osborne being a major contributor. Like that, For me, that kid's going to be a slot receiver. And he's going to be a stud, uh, strong, uh, smart, great. You know, he's not he's not ultra fast, but he's quick. Well, if they put Jeff game. Thomas in the slot, though, he'll be on the outside. I, th- I think they'll even combine the two at times. And, and, and in motion, you know, find out who's, who's got the fish and go ahead and attack that guy. There's, there's a lot of things that are going to happen here. But I think he's going to get the guys in the best position, and he's going to utilize space. And with motion and misdirection – you know what happens to the defense, you're on your heels. And once you get them in your heels, it's hard to go forward uh, because you just don't know what the hell's coming. So I, I think uh, overall he's been able to do a nice job. Um, in terms of our defense, like, I can't get overly excited about a kid like Nesta because, honestly, what he faced, what I saw him face was horrific at times. Yeah, and he's I don't lying up against Tommy to... Kennedy. I mean – like that's my point. That was my point. Like, like what is that? Like Tommy Kennedy can't even begin to deal with speed of the game at this level. I mean, he's just going to be a roster no. filler. And what is Nesta Silvera blowing past Tommy Kennedy and blowing up an offensive rep? What does that accomplish in the big picture? I th- that that was my th- my only thing I really didn't like about. The last couple of scrimmages, I, I didn't like the last. I just I didn't feel they got enough out of them. I didn't feel that they were able to take those and move their the football team as a total unit to another level by the way they practiced and the way they challenged each other. No, and, and what you've heard from the coaches has been exactly that because you want them. He wants his kids to mentally, you know, go into the summer thinking they're here. Because what you do as a master psychologist, it's not necessarily what you are doing. It's what I make you believe you are, what you're really doing. And that's what he's doing. He's doing a fantastic job of making these kids believe. And let me tell you, that's nine tenths of the battles. That because once you got somebody mentally, man, everything else will fall into place. You've got to be lucky, too. But I think that's what has been his old point is to get these guys ready mentally. Um 
but we know the reality. Those of us that know the game and understand the game, we know the reality of what's there. Let's see how much improvement they can make in the next five or six weeks, and then six weeks later, and then four weeks we're in camp. So hopefully we'll have a better idea. Uh, one more thing on defense. The secondary. Uh, I think DJ Ivy's really come a long way. Um, yep. He made some really good plays. Uh, Nigel Bethel is another kid that really impressed me. Uh, he got beat on one play. He got caught peeking in a little bit. But for the most part, that kid's grown a ton. He's gotten bigger. He's gotten stronger. Speed's always been there. So I think he really did a nice job for himself in solidifying an opportunity to be in that rotation. And uh, we, I think we only saw Banyan that on the first series, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and I, I didn't I didn't think he I, – I, I don't think he's done nothing but – but get better physically. He's stronger, quicker. I think he's more than ready for a great year this year. But uh, the safeties do concern me, Gary. And we, we had a bunch of – I don't want to knock this kid who's a walk-on. We had a bunch of, you know, walk-ons or, or, or kids that are not really in the rotation participating, and that's all good. That way they, they have an idea, you know, as to what it takes to be part of the team and all that good stuff. But uh, there's some decisions at times that really scare me from the from the second from the secondary. Our safeties need to get really into the books, into that playbook, be able to read coverages a little bit better. Uh, you know what, what what are they running? What are they not doing? What are they doing? Because you can just tell that the Gervin Hall's instinct is just to go attack, it's like a dog chasing the car. Um, those guys that really need to get better, and and our safeties are going to be critical this year. Um, because we might we might have some inconsistency on the boundary, uh, losing a kid like Michael Jackson. So I I think those safeties, Gary, they got to get better mentally. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see because Bubba Bolden's coming in this summer, and uh, he'll he'll enter the the competition probably with um, Robert Knowles and Amari Carter for the second starting job opposite uh, Gervin Hall. So we'll see. And, and, and kudos to Robert Knowles. I mean, he got he got beat twice, okay, this past Saturday. But man, he was in the right spot. He was he was basically you could tell this is year you know year three for him in this defense. He's gotten better mentally, and I did notice that physically he's not always able to make the right decision physically, whether it's tackling the guy in the open field or or peeking in a little bit too much. But I, I still think he's grown some, and that's good. When you see guys like that growing, that means Top to bottom, you're growing, and I think those are the the major points of emphasis for Manny is is to keep everybody going in that direction, you know, getting better. Um, recruiting wise, at this stage, I was hoping we would have had more than just a 21 commit in the past two weeks or three weeks. I think it's been here. I was hoping for a little bit more. Uh, those guys up there in Trailer Town, they keep getting commits week in and week out. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm just – I know commits don't mean anything until you start playing, but I thought we were making a lot of progress, and then we've gotten stagnant a little bit, and then nothing's really happened. Uh, seeing all the commit, all the, the all the recruits there this past Saturday, I thought that was very encouraging. There was a ton of them uh, on, on the main entrance when we were coming in. There was a ton of those kids there uh, from you know, all different ages and grade levels and all that. But – I, I still think I, I'm a little disappointed that we haven't gotten more, especially an offensive lineman by now. Locally, you look at all the offensive linemen, some that are committed, some that are, have yet to make their decision but are being recruited by all the, 
the big powers. I, I'm a little I'm a little leery right now where we stand recruiting wise on the offensive line. I wouldn't be. Uh, you know, you're, you're getting ready to go into the spring cycle where the coaches are on the road for a month, and uh, you know they'll get to do a lot of work in in that time period and and see who's really interested and who's not. And then, you know, you get into the, the summer months, and that's where a lot of it will take shape. But I think you got to give them a little time. This is a new staff. This is their first chance to really go out and recruit. And there's no reason why. I mean, what do they have? I think 10 commits right now. I mean, that's, you know, that's a lot yeah. for, for this point in time. Yeah, no, the offensive line, they're, they're, you know, they're coming from behind. Yeah, so I uh, – you know, we'll see. I mean, the, you know, you got to give Butch Barry a chance to go out and recruit. He hasn't had that chance yet. Well, I, I know there's a kid, there's a sophomore at Miramar who will be a junior next year. They're really, really high on kid that plays right tackle. And they played all yeah, I'm more, I'm more interested in the kids there. outside of South Florida when you're talking about offensive linemen. No, you know, no. I mean, I wanna... that's where the, you get the best talent. I mean, we, I mean, you know, they're in Ohio, they're in Pennsylvania. Um, you know, they're in California, they're in Texas. I mean, basically, yeah, I mean, Butch, Butch Barry has to be able to go out and get and get some dudes. Like, you know, it, it's it's tied. It's tie. Miami has Miami has to be able to start recruiting some dudes. You know, we sit here and we lament. Oh, geez, you know, we, we lost Michael Jackson. We lost, you know, we um, we lost Redwine. We lost Jaquan. These kids are all late round draft picks. Like, you know, they were the, they were the best in this program. But they're late round draft picks. This program needs to get back to having better athletes on the roster. Yeah, you know, you know, Gary. It's funny you mentioned that. Um, we were talking to to, to to one. I forget who it was. One of the guys up there in Orlando, and he mentioned. You know, what's funny is that people don't realize the level of play that they were able to get from their defensive line to impact the back end and. It's incredible when you think of what Willis did. Uh, yep. And they mentioned, like you mentioned before, man, that one Wisconsin game when he wasn't there. I mean, they just, you know, they just they was, they totally I mean, Wisconsin could have put up 600 yards in that game. Yeah, and, and you think about it, every year, last, I mean, last three years, this defense has been able to take that front seven, and they've been able to make the back end better. But a kid like Redwine has not even reached his full potential yet. And as much as I, I love Jaquan, you know, the numbers, you know, his metrics, they're not, they're not in his favor at all. Uh, and although he's got a high IQ, you know, one, one guy mentioned, hey, he's a little bit better version of Selwyn Brown. If you remember Selwyn Brown many moons ago, who's at Miramar High School, he's like, he's a little bit more athletic than Selwyn was, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, but, so, but, but the point is that if this program is going to get better than what it's been, they have to be able to go out and recruit and get better players. And, and this is the, I think you got to give this staff a chance. This is their first time going out recruiting uh, other than, you know, when they came in, they had a couple weeks to finish last year's class. This is their first real chance to go out and spend some time in the high schools, get to know the coaches and build some bonds out there and, and, you know, watch practices and evaluate talent and I think you got to let them do their thing and 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 see how it plays out. And I don't think you could judge them before December. So, I hear All right, you what here. else? You got? Well, pretty much that's it. And I'm just uh, looking forward to right. to a great year. Hopefully, uh, these kids work their ass off, and they 
next uh, three months get better mentally and, and they continue to go in the direction they're going into. But um, All right, man. Well, listen, like thank you, as always, for being part of the show. Uh, thanks, as always, for being part of the show. I, I don't think you gave uh, your buddy Ross any fodder to uh, to attack you this evening, so that's a good thing. And uh, we'll talk to you again in August. Gary, 7 and 5, 8 or 4. 7 and 5, All right, man. 4 best. You got it. Thank you, man. Yeah, he did that on purpose. He threw that record in at the end, 7 and 5, 8 and 4, just to get everybody stirred up. <laughs> he couldn't resist. But, uh, no, nah, was, that was a good call. I mean, the guy, there's a lot of back and forth and flack with that guy, but his calls every show are very intelligent, and he makes a lot of good points, so glad he was part of the show all right 563-999-3633 563-999-3633 you hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show um a lot of room on the board right now so i hope uh, some of you guys uh pop on there i uh i promised to attack start attacking these questions that came in on the message boards at canesport.com a little earlier in tonight's show to make sure we got to them because there's a lot of good ones um, so let me hit one or two of them now, and then I'll keep phasing them in. Um, is there anything positive to report right now about special teams? Um, the quarterback offensive line discussion is taking up most of the oxygen in the room, but are we seeing any explosive plays on special teams? And I would say not really, no. I mean, there was not a ton of live special teams work this spring, and I think probably the biggest reason for that is the roster is not complete yet. And a lot of guys that will be part of special teams in the fall aren't necessarily here yet. So they spent some time on it in practice, but not an enormous amount of time. And, you know, Jeff Thomas was hurt. He's going to be the primary returner. Um, the punter is not even here yet. So, you know, you could practice punt coverage, but wouldn't you rather do it with the guy that's going to be punting to where you're practicing with his range and you know where the ball is typically going to come down and things like that. So um, that'll get obviously a huge emphasis in the fall, but no, in the spring special teams was not a major emphasis in spring practice. All right. Best guess for the projected offensive line. If I had a guess right now, I'd say Scaife at left tackle, Donaldson at left guard, Gaynor at center, Salante Hillary at right guard and uh, Nelson at right tackle. That would be my best guess right now. Uh, you know, those other guys on the offensive line, uh, Herbert, Kennedy, Campbell, Brown. They're just, you know, right now they're, they're, they're just, you know, Cleveland Reed. You got about four or five of them right now that are going to make up the second team. And, probably not quite ready to be first-team performers. Zelante Hillary, of all the younger guys that came in, to me looks like he's the best, the most ready to start on the offensive line. So um, I would say that that will probably be your offensive line against the Gators. And then let's hit one more right now. It's hard to imagine Tate Martell not winning the quarterback job. He's improved the most over spring. And he's with a new team in a new offense. If he continues his trajectory and improves under center and improves his ball placement, he gives us the best shot to win next season, especially against the Gators. Uh, do I agree? Well, I mean, I wish I'd not seen him look so bad 
and looked so bad in comparison to the other guys for most of the spring so that I could totally agree with, with the statements made in that question. Um, a month ago, I could not have imagined that Manny Diaz would go into the season with Nicozy Perry as his starting quarterback. But like I said earlier, it's a credit to Nicozy that he raised his game and, and raised his whole overall act and that he probably leads the argument right now. And um, I'm really not sure what to make of Tate. I was shocked to see the way he looked for most of the spring. But he did get better the last week or so. And I think if he has a good summer, he can enter the argument. Because the, the one thing that has to be considered is the state of the offensive line. And there are going to be times where the quarterback has to evade pressure and make things happen. And Tate is probably the best equipped of the three to do that. But Nicosi can move around a little too at times. Um, the fear that I have is that Jaron Williams, who potentially in the big picture could be the best of the three, might get left behind by everything that's going on around him. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. Um, I would have loved to have been a fly on the wall in Dan Enos's office this week when he had his exit meetings with his quarterbacks. Um, I believe they've already taken place. Uh, if not, then it'll be in the next couple days. But uh, I would love to have been able to listen in on those meetings to hear what Coach Enos told his quarterbacks. Because, uh, you know, there's a lot that he's going to have to consider. A lot of things to think about as they get ready to play for real in August. All right, five, six, the number is... 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. You hit the number one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. And let's go out now to the 973, where you are live on Kane Sport Live. How are you doing this evening? Very, very, very. What's up, Ross? Speak up a little bit. Can you hear me? I can hear you now, yeah. So um, I thought everything... Played it pretty straight down the middle for you tonight. I don't think you guys are going to have any crazy debates or anything. He threw threw a little crazy prediction in there at the end, threw out that seven and five that nobody wants to hear, just figuring he'd push a few buttons on his way out. But, you know, for the most part, I think he kept it pretty clean. So uh, go ahead. Tell us what's on your mind tonight. Negative. Negative. And um, he was okay. But I'm, can't, I can't let him get away with um, – I love him, my man chime in by the way to Kane Kane. I love that he was able to come in, man. I ain't heard from him in a while. Alright, listen. Listen, I'm not gonna let him get away with the fact that he <laughs> he thinks and I and I know Gary, you kinda opened up a little bit and you kinda said that but you didn't go all the way. But I can't believe he's doing that he's doing this to a college kid that got into a little bit of trouble and and turned his things around the spring and, and and we didn't hear a peep, but he said he could put everything on it that he's going to get in trouble. He didn't say I hope he don't get in trouble. He said he'll put everything on it that he's going to get in trouble. Yeah, he didn't have a lot of confidence in the cozy. I, I think the cozy kind of kind of was a little different cat this spring, and I'm going to give him a chance. But, I, you know, I didn't like I, you know how I felt last year, and I ended up being right. But like, but that's that's not all. I don't feel the same way. I don't feel the same way this year. No, no, but I don't feel the same way. Uh, yeah, okay. he, yeah, he has to him. own them. And he, yeah, he's yeah, got to be different. That quarterback, that quarterback room was terrible, and the leader was terrible. And I'm never correct. Talking to the head coach. Okay, I know who so you're talking about, and, you're and, 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 you're you're correct, and you're correct. And the fact that yeah. all those guys did the entire season was get in trouble, 
was a testament tells to that. You what was, tells you what was going on. Exactly. True. So the fact that he said. Yeah, I don't think, right I don't think, you know, I think Dan Enos has these guys' attention. And I don't think that, that I, I just, I have more confidence that Nikozi's not going to go out and make porn videos this summer. Not only that, just here's, here's why I, w- I really got upset with the comment when he made that comment. And I thought you probably would have cut, like, you know, pumped his brakes a little bit, but you kind of. No, because no, he's ahead. entitled to his opinion. Okay. He's entitled but to his, he's entitled to his opinion, and Nikozi certainly earned anybody that wants to doubt him. He earned that last year. But he let, yeah, but you know what? He let lot, this program and this team down time after time after time. A lot of them, a lot of them could, um, a lot of them, you could say that about a lot, the entire goddamn room. But here's, here's what, here's what I'm going to, here's what I'm going to say about Perry. The fact that the deep, that I have a head coach who was around when Willis was so-called getting in trouble or missing this and missing that, and he was able to turn himself around, and he's going to get drafted in a couple of days um, in a week. I have full confidence. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray for the kid, and I'm going to have full confidence that he's not going to get in trouble. Instead of me just coming out here and saying he's going to get in trouble, how disrespectful is that? It's wrong, and, and it's everything you're wrong for that. And I'm I'm gonna pull you, I'm gonna pull your card for that. You can't do that. Give the kid a chance. And then before he said that, he said he thinks Tate has the best chance of eventually winning the the, the, the starting quarterback job. And I, I'll challenge him on this and say why? Because he he was able to show up in a scramble game that he scrambled and looked good. He made some good passes. Got to give him that. But come on, guy. It's 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 the race is just beginning. But if anybody had their eyes open, you see that Perry is number one, Williams is number two, and I'm gonna say this: that Williams might transfer. Now you get a guy like Martell goes out there, starts scrambling around the first couple of games and get his behind hurt. Then we don't, and and Williams is out of there. We we have nobody behind. Let's say both. Let's say both quarterback transfer. Let's say Perry and Williams transfer because this kid. Well, that's, that's um, not going to happen. Perry's not going anywhere. Perry, no, well, yeah, has you to know. know. Yeah, he's not. The, he's got you to know, know right now you that. Going, you think he? What, what I'm saying. You think he's going to accept the fact that he know he was leading in the spring, probably going to lead in the fall if he doesn't get you know that so-called getting in trouble, which is I think he's not going to get any trouble, and then he comes in the fall and do his job, and for some reason because this kid could scramble. And, and get his behind hurt like any other but but get hurt and he loses his job. Come on, what's everything? Ah, uh, see, miss all of us on that one, man. But anyway, let's move on. Gary, help me out a little bit here. Um, I'm hearing that um, Jennings got hurt, but I'm hearing something about him might be missing the entire season. Have you heard that? Uh not to this point, now. Check on that, Gary, because I'm hearing word of that. I mean, it. it you know, first they were saying it's a groin. Then they were saying it's a knee. Then they said it's something else. That's a deep, deep thigh bruise. And, you know, we don't have great luck when it comes to those things because for some reason the information is one thing and at least a five other things. Next you know the kid is out of the year, probably not, can't play anymore. So, you know, kind of check in on that for us, please. Okay, um, okay we will. Okay. Recruiting. Um, he's saying that uh, we're not getting any 
kids to commit to us, players to commit to us at this point, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I already I explained that to him, Ross. You don't have to go. You don't have to go back over that. No, I'm just. I, no, I'm not really. I'm not, I'm just going to address my point of it. I'm not really getting on him. I'm just saying this is how I feel about right, why it's not it's good. not important right now. Here's why: because I want kids when they're ready to make that decision to be confident in making that decision. Making that decision right now for some of these kids is not the best. Some of them want to some of them want to see what the season is going to do, what it's going to look like, and what we're going how we're going to come out the gates and how we're going to finish. And that's fair. That's what they're supposed to do. I don't want a kid making an irrational decision right now, and then next year, you know, he goes in a few chips later on at crunch time, and he he flips on us. And we have had enough we have enough decommitments over the years. I'm not I'm not I'm not interested in that. So let's let these kids evaluate us while we continue to evaluate them, continue to build a relationship, and then they make a decision when it counts. So not having a, you know these I trust these guys. They know what they're doing. And a lot of these coaches also they also got to try to get to know the kids, and the kids got to get to know them. Yeah, that's what I said. They haven't had a chance to really go out and get to know coaches, kids, do their homework, uh, do the do proper evaluations of kids and things like that. They haven't had a chance to do that. They weren't here. So yeah, why would they be in any kind of rush to fill up the recruiting class? Exactly. You know, six, seven, eight months before signing day. Like, there's no reason to yeah, do that. To, to, to be fighting later on and trying to keep them. You know who I want to commit to with these? If a kid is ready, to, a player is ready to commit to us, you know, I want a kid like what Peyton did. When Peyton committed, he never swayed. He never decommitted. He, he he didn't go on to any other trips. He didn't. You never heard poo or anything about him ever thinking about decommitting. Any any articles that was ever put up about him, anything that was ever said, he said he's sticking to his commitment. He made a promise to his parents that once he make his commitment, that's the school he was he was going to stick to. Even through the coaches changes, he didn't make he didn't make he didn't decommit it. So those are the type of kids I kind of want to commit to if we're going to get one right now anyway. Let it play out. Let it happen. Um, linebacker. Linebacker, um, Gary, listen. Is there anybody in the JUCO ranks that we could go and get at the position that we need to fill? Because it's a little thin. And one of, that's one of the reasons why I don't think we didn't go first team against first team. Because think about it. We're, we're dealing with two running backs. That's, that's the only two running backs that we had. And we're dealing with a thin linebacker core. So that's one of the reasons why you can't really take, even though you want to see it, you can't really take the chance. And here's the thing, too. Every team, even though we might not be. Uh, yeah, but aren't you, still ex- team, aren't you still exposing Shaq and Pinkney to injury, putting them out there against the second yeah, but team? Yeah, but you, don't, you, you did, but you put them out there real quick. And, 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 and I wanted to make this point. Every team, every college team, when these, when these, when these fans come up and go far and travel, you see it, you hear it every, every year. You want to score points. That's part of showing up to the spring game. You want the you want the fans to see you score points, how they can score points, and and everybody can be happy. I understand that for me, you, and some of our the, the diehards, it's not a good this is what we need to see. But at the end of the day, we they did come to the game. You you do want us to see, the fans to see scoring. And if you watch all the all the spring games, Florida, everybody, they have, they're going against the second team also. They're not going against their first team. Nobody's going against their first team. Sir, that's not true, Ross. Not. That's They're not true, Ross. The, Gary, tell me, Alabama, Gary, tell me Alabama goes ones versus ones. I believe no, Georgia don't. went one versus no, ones. I know, I know no, Oregon did, did for a half. No, 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 I, we, I watched, I watched that bit. spring game well, a no, lot. Well, uh, that's no, not no. true. Some coaches believe in it. Some don't. But my personal – per, I, I was just giving a personal opinion. 
when you have a team, and, and this is my opinion, that is coming off a seven and six season that has no reason really to think that it fit, at least from a physical standpoint, it's demonstratively better today than it was in December when it, when it got its butt kicked by Wisconsin and you have to make that team better. I just feel like you, you, you got to go with your best versus your best. You got to get, you know, challenge them and physically make help them get better and, and make every single scrimmage half. rep count. Okay, and you do that for a half, and everyone in a scrimmage, and you come out of there super thin in more position. I, you know what? We're going to. Why would you have? Why do you have to be, be super thin? Who says somebody has to hey, get hurt? You, well, you you're going to go one. You're going to go one versus ones when the games begin. You're going to be going against the other team's yeah, ones. You know so you hey, don't have to get that. hurt just because you're out there. Sometimes you. Sometimes you don't want to. You don't want to go through that process of even thinking about even getting hurt. You know, well, I understand, I and and I and I think it's hard to take a football team to the next level not doing that. That was the one thing I saw this spring that I would have that I wished I had seen something different. It's you know, it's again, not a big deal. It's just it's just an opinion, but yeah, I think you know, you know again, we're going to do this. We're, we're we're here to put our opinions, but I'm gonna, I'm I'm gonna go and trust the inner works of my coaching staff that I I believe in that they know what they're doing. It's not their first rodeo. Okay, so there's something that they saw and they have their meetings that they made the decision they was going to go on, and I have to believe in that because, you know, in the past we decided we wanted to, most of them wanted to believe in some of the nonsense that was going on. So let me believe in some of this, the good stuff that I see. This stuff tastes good. The other stuff was garbage, not garbage, garbage. Okay, so this tastes, this tastes good, and I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I want to continue to taste uh, after good tasting. I, I love what I see. These guys look organized. It looked like an outfit. Before it didn't look like an outfit. It kind of looks like an outfit. We have a, we have an idea of what we're doing out there. I didn't see some of the I, I didn't see some of the dumb stuff that I used to see in the spring game. So when you watched the spring game last year, you didn't feel they looked like they knew what they were doing. Nope. No, not in, not at all. Because you know why? It was so many janky right. stuff. I'm just telling you. I I never felt comfortable. Never felt comfortable. I never felt like the quarterback or anything was. Going. It was the same old nonsense. Come on, Gary. Let's think about what we're saying. And 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 the touch again. On you guys were talking about the, the defensive back. You made a great point. We, we're not done. We got Bolden. We have other guys that's coming in. You have no yeah, it's idea. Gonna be, it's right a whole different team in August that, that what finished right there. Yeah, yeah no doubt. Guys gonna get moved around. Guys gonna get moved around. Check downs. You might have Blade. You might have Blade, um playing the rover position. You never know. There's so many interchangeable parts that we're trying to build. I think we're building stuff. I think we finally look like and no one won't be anything part of our offense. Um, uh, our starting unit on the defensive backfield. He'll be a special team, and, and, and that's it. Boy, those is, uh, is not part of what we're trying to do. But anyway, anyway, just to finish up, man, listen, enjoy the game. I was able, I was able to see it um, live stream, and um, I think, again, we, we look like an outfit. Um, the guys look in shape. Um, yeah, I'm a little concerned about what's going on with the kid Nelson, the fact that he was able to put on those pounds and he – he has to be one of our better offensive linemen. But sometimes you get lucky, okay, because here's the thing. Why why can we accept the fact that we have defensive, defensive end to come in and put on pounds and look good, and we accept that fact, but we can't accept the fact that it could happen on the offensive line? You know why? Because our offensive line has been bad, and we really, we're more critical about that position. That's why we don't want to believe this kid Nelson could do it. Because guess what? Notre Dames and all these other guys start true freshmen. And they was able to, and you could hide them a little bit because, like you said, you're going to put them at right tackle and not left tackle. And then down the years, you move them to left tackle. 
once he gets his you know foot winning experience. And I like the fact that we have we had Dallas playing center, Gary. Think about that for a second. Yeah, Dallas playing center. We're getting more versatile. We have guys that's moving around, and we're getting better. So, well, this was one one of your negative calls, man. Not for me. Not I'm, I'm not going there. I didn't like. All right, Ross. Good game. stuff, man. You know. You know what I'm Good stuff. Hey, Gary, Thank- are you gonna have a, are you gonna have a special tonight? You have a, you have a guest or no? No, 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 no guest. We'll, we'll start Gary. that up. We'll we'll start that up again in the fall. But, hey, thank you, as always, for being part of the show, and uh, we'll talk to you again in August. Keep, keep me on, man. Keep me on. And, and, you got uh, it, Ross. Keep me on. Have, have a great summer, man. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go now to the 917. You are live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? BK Eric Hey, what's up, BK? How you been, man? All right, just hanging in there. Welcome back. Hold on for a second. Welcome back to the show. What you got for us? Not much, really, but, you know, I'm just trying to – I was just trying to call in to, you know, just kind of, you know, support the show and everything. But, you know, there were a lot of interesting points came up about the quarterback situation. That's – you know, that situation is fluid until (laughs) until August. But I was a little more concerned about the recruiting and – you guys hit on that too. It's a new coaching staff. They don't know the kids very well. But you figure along the defensive side, they've been talking to these kids for a year, right? It's the same. It's pretty much the same staff. Yeah. On defense, yeah. And except for it, yep. they brought in Blake, so it just seems. Yeah, but those are the know, commits. To... Those are largely the commits that they've taken. You know, Keyshawn right. Washington, Jay, you know Francois, both from South Dade. Um, who else on the defensive side? Willie Moyes from Hollywood Chaminade, Sam Anali. You know, those are the kids that that yeah that that they've been recruiting for a couple of years that, that they took commitments from. But I, I think what we were talking about is you got a lot of new guys here that are going to go out outside of South Florida and recruit, and they need to have time to do their evaluations and to do proper evaluations, and then they got to build relationships and try to get in on elite type of kids they this program's got to get back to supplementing what it takes from dade county and broward county and palm beach county and supplementing it with elite dudes they got to get back to getting they need an elite dude at every position and a lot of them need to come from outside of south florida to to get this thing going back in the right direction Right, so do you think that plays into the point where, where now um, I don't think Manny Diaz is screwing around with these recruits, going to let recruits just kind of jerk him around or anything like that? That The second a kid starts, you know, and, uh, he finally gets to Miami committed, and all of a sudden he starts taking visits all over the fucking country because now that Miami offered him, you know, and now other teams, okay, Miami offered him, let's offer him too, and now he's starting to, you know, look around. So um, do you think you've seen much of that, or, or are you – Pretty much think the coaching staff realized that that was a big problem. A lot of kids. Are I mean, I can't with no Miami. I, I can't speak you know? for Manny, but I think that they learned last year down the wire when they went and got a kid like Christian Williams, for example, that they can win on kids out of town. The kids from New York, uh, you know, they they proved that that Miami still has appeal outside of South Florida, and. I just think they need to expand the base, and I think they are. I mean, you got Steve Field, the tight ends coach. He's out on the West right. Coast. 
taking shots with elite players? Are they probably going to come? Are they going to come to Miami? Probably not. But at least they're tr- they're trying. They're in the game. And some people would say, ah, you can't waste your time. You know, you shouldn't be wasting your time out there doing that. I totally disagree with that because if you could just get one Justin Flo to come into this program, you oh, know, it's it's a huge yeah. it's a huge deal. You know. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, you'll live, you'll live if the tight end from Vegas doesn't come. You know, there'll be others. You got, you got a good tight yeah. end from Na- from the Naples area and Mamorelli, and you've got a couple good young tight ends on the roster. You'll, you, but a difference making linebacker like that. I mean, you got to take your shot. Like, what if in the old days they never tried to recruit DJ Williams or or Jesse Armstead? Uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta go get those kind of kids. Yeah, I mean, just least, New York in particular. I know a lot of kids, you know, a lot of people on the, on, you know, on the site or whatever, they bash New York. I'm from New York. I live in Brooklyn. And, you know, like my my nephew plays for Ohio State, and, and he could never understand why Miami never recruited him. And he's looking to start this year. So it's like, you know, it was just a part, it was just a part of the region where Miami just didn't reach out to. Now, hopefully with the kids they got from New York last year, they really start looking at, at New York because Ohio State lives in New York. Like, the, you know, they pick the top two or three best players out of New York every year. Every year they pick the top two or three, and they and they all end up in Ohio State. Michigan just plucked one just 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 last week or earlier this month. So you know mm-hmm. you could pluck, you could go around and look around and just put pluck the best guys, you know, like you're not going to have a slew of guys from New York, you know, in the ESPN 300, but if you could get at least the top two from the state, you know, maybe one from the state, you know what I'm saying? You're doing pretty good, and pretty soon that's going to open up the floodgates, and hey, you know, Miami's down here, so more kids are going to be interested in Miami. So as opposed to how it was last year, it was, you know, like every kid that played with my nephew went, went to Ohio State for some strange reason. I couldn't understand. They didn't even go to Syracuse or or Penn State, a school more regional. They go all the way out to Ohio State. It just it just it just boggled my brain. So hopefully they you know they're you know they expand the recruiting base. But you know that was pretty much you know you know you know all I had to contribute tonight. But I was just a little worried about the recruiting. But in terms of the quarterback uh, position, you know I know everyone is hoping that Nikosi doesn't mess up but I'm pretty sure if he doesn't mess up, he'll be the quarterback. But if he screws up one time, because Diaz remembers his track record. You know, I think you said it, that Diaz remembers his track. He was there when he saw all the screw-ups last year. So you don't want Diaz to feel that he can't trust you during the season. So what, you won, but if it's close, he'll give it to Martell or Williams because it's close knowing that you're still screwing up. You know, he doesn't want any mm-hmm. disruption in 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 football operations halfway through the season. Now you have another Snapchat or Instagram, whatever the hell it was, you know, situation. So this kid's pretty much got to keep his nose clean the entire time because if one screw up is Diaz is going to look at him different. He's really going to yep. look at him different. But you know, that's about it, though, Gary. All right, BK, great talking to you again, you and uh, have a great. I will. Have a good summer, and uh, we'll talk to you in August. All right, Utah, see you in August. All right, man. All right, let me take a second here and uh, do a couple more of the questions that were submitted by the 
fans at canesport.com message boards. Is DJ Ivy the second best cornerback now? Uh, yeah, I think he is. Uh, he made nice improvement during the spring and a little bit more consistent than Al Blades is right now. And uh, of course, you got Christian Williams coming in, who I think is going to play right away in the fall. And uh, we'll see what happens there, whether he can challenge DJ for that starting spot opposite Bandy. Uh, but yeah, right now, I would say he is the second best. How much contact do players have with coaches in the next three months? Are they on their own practicing? Um, they'll be hitting strength and conditioning hard, but how much will the whole team be working together and will they be focused like never before? The coaches are on the road pretty much the full, you know, pretty much full time, I would say, the month of, in the month of May. So players are pretty much on their own right now. I think they have open access to the strength staff. They could go in the weight room and work out. Uh, there's an eight-hour rule in terms of uh, how many hours a week staff can work with with players. Uh, so uh, as long as they stay within that eight hours, it's fine. They can they can they can go out for a hundred hours by themselves in the indoor practice facility, for example. And I think they'll be encouraged to do that quite a bit. I think the quarterbacks will be encouraged to be leaders in that regard. Um, but for the next month, the coaches will be primarily recruiting. So I don't think there'll be a lot of, of those type of workouts taking place, um, more work in the, in the weight room. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you would like to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 302. You are live Hello. on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? It's Butter P. Hey, what's up, Butter P? What you got, man? Uh, not much. I'm not going to be too long. I just got a couple, um, make a couple points. Um, everybody that called to me made pretty good points. Um, you know, the quarterback situation is what it is and what I mean by that. It seems like on the board, everyone had their favorites. And for me, myself, I just wanted a fair and open competition, and I think Coach Enos has brought that. Now, I will say this. The way people have been cheering other people, down on other people, it will kind of sometimes lead you towards somebody. I just wanted a fair competition, like I said. Now, from what I've been reading, from what you've been saying from the reports, some of the videos we've seen, seems that Nicosi has a lead, which I think is good. And what I mean by that is this. It showed that he can be coached. It showed that he did take the coaching. It showed that he listened, he reformed himself, and he's doing everything the coaches ask. So I'm saying to myself, why would we as fans – still down or still wish for someone like that to fail. It doesn't seem it doesn't seem right. It's just not it doesn't sit right with me as a Kane fan. We need our young men and all of our players to succeed. Now if a guy can have the kind of season he had last year and we know all of his mishaps and missteps with the money and the video, whatever, but then if the coach gave him a chance or gave him a clean slate and he came in and did everything right. Why would we down that person? That just doesn't seem like, and we're adults. It doesn't sit right with me. You know what I mean? And yeah, I mean, you're making a good point. I mean, but he, he had to win everybody back. I mean, he, and he still does. You know, he hasn't done anything yet. He had a decent spring. He's got to win everybody back. I mean, he, he let his teammates down last year. He let his coaches down. He let the fans down. And, you know, people, that was a tough, tough season last year. And it left a real sour taste in a lot of people's mouths. And, um, 
you know, he's got a lot of atonement to do, and 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 that's okay. You know, it, it's up to him to do it. And so far, he's doing the right things. But we're talking about maturity. But don't forget, Baker Mayfield got chased by the cops. We've seen that. The cops grabbed mm-hmm. him. All those other people were doing things at other schools. And we understand mm-hmm. they're young. So the point is, these kids are young. Don't forget, you were young. I was young. We all did dumb things. Now, if everybody piled on us the way they did, you know what I mean? Do you think, I don't know, man. I don't know if you would have turned out right. You know what I mean? What I mean by it could have affected you. You know what I'm saying? And he showed some mental toughness to not fold. Because like you said, he earned everything. He earned that. But you have to let kids be kids and make mistakes. Look at all those SEC programs, people getting caught with guns, people in the bars fighting. You understand what I'm saying? He ain't doing that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? He ain't he ain't tripping like that. What he did was, I mean, it was immature and young. Let the kid grow. Now, the other QBs. Now, like you saw, you guys said, Tate was having his moments here and there, but he looked pretty bad. Now, that him and Jaron are still there. Because what it did was push Nkosi. It pushed the rest. It pushed them. And everybody else should be pushing each other. It only makes us better. It only makes us better. Now, people are saying if the O-line doesn't improve, Tate has to be the guy. I don't necessarily believe that because Nkosi can move as well. And I watched that video. I watched the old video versus him versus North Carolina. It's this one throw that always sticks out when he rolled to his left. And he threw like a 40-yard dart to Mike Harley. Nobody else on the team can make that throw. The talent is there. So we want the best player. I don't care about race, which you said was smart. I don't care about race. I'll tell you why. Our best QBs at the U has been white. They've been white, and that's not, it's not even a lie. So I don't care about the race. We just want the best guy. So I'm glad the second caller kind of pulled everything 305's card. I don't want the boy to fail. I don't I don't want to wish him anything on. I don't want to wish nothing on a kid like that to go out there and mess up like, well, I know he's going to mess up. Do we believe in second chances or not? It's like I know he has to win everybody back, but you have to take some optimism with the situation, man. The, the board, that stuff kills me on the board, man. That's not cool. That's not cool. I don't wish any kid, let alone any person, to fail. I don't wish that. No, uh, I mean, I don't think he was wishing him to fail. I think he was expressing doubt that he that he that that he might not uh, succeed. You know, make it through the summer. And, and like, I think he will. I have a, the opposite opinion. I, and and you know, last year, I don't know if you remember, but I felt very strongly that Nikozi Perry was not ready to go out there and, and be a leader of this team. And, and I and I said it would be I said it would be a disaster if it ever happened. And I, and, I, and, I, and I was right, and I saw what I saw. I, I don't see that this year. I feel the exact opposite right now based on what I saw. In this. So, so he's, he's, he started – yeah, I see a little maturity there, yes. And I that's hope, all, like you, I hope, I hope he's going to have a lot more time on his hands now. He's going to go back home to Ocala. He's going to be around his old buddies from high school and things like that, and he's going to have to make some better decisions, Okay. He's going to have to make Gary, some real good decisions the next few months, but I think there's a chance he will. Gary, if he blows this, that's his ass. And I hate this. You're absolutely that. right. He, he deserves what he gets if he blows this. Yep. Yeah, you, you can't say you didn't get a chance. Now, you had your opportunity to make the most of it. Now, we're recruiting. 
We all know winning changes everything. But for some reason, like the second caller said, or one of the guys said, like, I keep saying, you know, the people in Trailer Hassie keep getting keep getting recruits and they keep getting signings. What is up with that? We beat these dudes two years in a row. We show we compete. These jokers still sign more people. I don't I don't understand. Like, what is, what is the thing with them, man? Like, I'm not saying bad men. But we showed we better than them. We showed we've beaten them twice. If they had beaten us back-to-back years like they had done, the recruits would have been flooding in for them. What does Miami have to do to show the Florida, the people in Florida or the schools in Florida that we are on an uptick? I know we fall back here and there, but there's no way FSU should be out recruiting us. I swear we look better than they do. They look like a Romper room that organization the coaches have like romper room sometimes. But who says they're out recru- who says they're out recruiting? Like who says that? I mean they they sign in more than we are. Well, no, they're not. I mean in the spring, no. you know They have nine commitments right now. Okay. They've one, two, three, four, five of them are four stars. Okay, nine commitments, five of them are four stars. Miami has, I believe, eleven commitments and all but Two of them are four stars. So Miami has nine oh, four stars right now, and eleven commits, and it, and is ranked number and is ranked number four in the country in the team recruiting rankings for the twenty twenty class. Oh, yep. man, that's Florida 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 State, who I get, who I assume you're talking to, is ranked eleventh right now. The team you got to watch out for is Florida. Florida's running their program very well right now. They they really are. They're doing a nice job in Gainesville. I give Dan Mullen a lot of credit. Huh? Will I get credit? But we blew that last year with the bad season because we outplayed them the year before. We didn't capitalize, and they had a great season last year, and that was on us. That was, you know, the previous staff they're gone. You know, I'm glad for Coach Rick and all he did, but that was on them. We had a chance to put a grip on the Florida recruit last year if we had maintained or at least yep. increased win total or performed better. That was on us. So now we got a yep. new staff, and they got to redo that. But they let they let Florida back in the game. You're you're 100 percent right. Yep. August 24th, and they and they seized the moment. Give them credit. They seized the moment. They did. August 24th changed that. So winning does. So with that being said, Gary, I ain't gonna stay on too long. Let the other guys get in here. I just wanted to make sure I call before August kicks in because it'll be a long time before we have a show. So go Kings and keep me on hold. You got it, man. Good talking to you. We'll talk to you again in August. All right. 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out to the 305 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary, my brother? It's Bruce. Hey, baby. what's up, Bruce? What's up, what's up Bruce D.W.? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm enjoying uh, the off season. I like what I see. Don't like what I read on Kate Sport, but I like what I see. Um, look, you can be nothing. You can be optimistic or pessimistic. It doesn't really matter. It's April 23rd. It's my daughter's 30th birthday, and we're months away from playing the Gators. Nobody has any answers, Gary. Not you, not me, not anybody else. We don't know. You know, just have to go with the ride. That's all, and see what happens. A lot of questions. Too many questions to have to have answers for. I'll tell you that. Well, you know, Florida's ahead of us. They have continuity with their coaching staff. Some of the, a lot of these guys have been there. They lost people. We lost a few people as well. But um, you got to like what you see in terms of the enthusiasm, the coaching staff that he's put together, 
what Enos is doing. And, uh, you know, I, I know people still harp about the offensive line. And, of course, that's, that's, that's a glaring weakness. But I do like what – what Coach Barry did in terms of moving these guys around. And I, and I talk to, you know, Kelvin and Leon and these guys all the time, and that's exactly what they said they should be doing. They need to figure out, like like Donaldson, he could play center now. Did I know that? Did you well, know that? Well, the thing no, is, the, know the, the thing is Bruce, be, he could do it. if Corey Gaynor gets hurt, now you can move Donaldson to center. You don't have to put Tommy Kennedy out there that you know can't do it. Right, that's my point. But they're also moving guys around left, right to see who can play what, what's their strength, what's the weakness. If somebody goes down, who's the plug-and-play guy who could step in? They need five starters, absolutely need to find those five guys, three or four backups, and they know their roles and they know where they could fit. But and I, So I'm happy that they did all this. I kind of thought, gee, why are they doing this? Why don't they get the starting five and get them going? But they knew what they were doing, and I agree with it now. Now they've got to find the five guys and where they're going to play. Uh, I think what the X factor is who is this kid, Zion Nelson. Um, he's still undersized. He's not big and strong enough, but he's pretty good from what I, you know, from what I see and what I hear. I don't know if they're going to shirt this kid or not, but he's pretty good. No, he's not. There's no chance. There's a better chance that he's going to start from day yeah, one than, chance, right. than, than redshirt. They have no tackles, Bruce. There's, there's, a, there's, no, there's not a real tackle on the team. Right, and so uh, Scaife should be a guard. He should be a guard. He's going to have to play tackle again next year because they don't have any tackles. Yep. You know? Um, I mean, you can get away with it. George George Brown Jr. is not very – he's not very – well, George Brown's not any good. good. No, so I think there's a great chance that Zion Nelson starts. There's a great chance he starts, which is kind of scary, but I would think right tackle. I can't imagine them putting him in left tackle. I would think so, too, yeah. I, I agree, but but Kennedy turned out to be a bust. I hope these other. I mean, guys he's not a bust. He's, I mean, you know, he's an older player. kid that'll be a, a depth filler on the second team. I mean, I don't know if you, I would call that a bust, but if if Corey Gaynor gets hurt, I don't think they'll put him out there. I think they would move Donaldson to center and let Cleveland Reed or John Campbell play. Right, and I, I agree, but I thought everybody was figuring that Kennedy was the left tackle, and that's the end of it. One less thing to worry about going into the season, but that turned. Yeah, out I don't know what that was based true. on. What was that based on? Yeah, I, I, I never. He obviously, he's not I, strong enough. What the hell were they looking at? You know, he was an offensive line body, an older kid in the transfer portal, and they need help, right. so they took him. But I don't know well, who the heck they got was two penciling him in. Left early, that's why. Yeah, but I don't know who penciled them in as the starting left tackle. I mean, I don't know where well, that I, came from. I mean, I thought about it as soon as they got him. I said, okay, he's the left tackle. That's the end of it. That's what you, I, I assume you didn't assume Dude, that. I, 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 mean, I think most of us did. But why? He's a he's a kid coming from Butler. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, if he was, if it wasn't that good, they shouldn't have gotten him in the first place. They well, that's not true because they don't have guys that are that good, Bruce. They don't have they don't have yeah. it right now. Yeah, it's a, it's as average as can be once you get past the first team, and the first team's not great. So. Well, again, we haven't seen our punter yet. But I talked to a scout this, this week. I, I talked to somebody who's a scout this week who's watched Miami and, and watched other teams around the country, uh-huh. they told me the teams like Alabama and Georgia have at least 10 or more offensive linemen on their roster that are better than anything that Miami has right now. 
Okay, and that's because the recruiting at that position has been abysmal the last ten or abysmal. so years. Yeah. Abysmal. Horrible. You could look. You could look. You could look at some of these guys that are in the NFL, like Sean Shaw got in there, and this one got in there. And now, but you know what? They were. They're, they're okay. They they need four and five star offensive linemen. If they're not going to get them from down here, in order to get them from someplace else, they better start winning. Like starting August twenty fourth. I know you and I did this the show the week before LSU, and we both agreed this was a very, very, very important game and a big game, and it turned out to blow up. And they and they just had a horrible season, which is, there's a lot of reasons for that. And forget it. But this one now becomes even more important because this is an arch rival. It's an in-state rival. And once again, you know, we, we've got to take control, as you guys were just talking about, of the recruiting here in South Florida, in all of Florida. That's a huge, yeah. Don't let Don't game. let Florida win that game. <laughs> I agree. Don't, don't, let, uh, yeah, yeah. don't let them win that game. And I, Florida's I got a lot have... of momentum right now, and the last thing they need is to win that game because if they win that yeah. game, they're really going to get it rolling. Okay, they could have momentum, but their offensive line is pretty bad. They cannot pass block. They might be able to run block, which is maybe a weakness for us coming off the Wisconsin game. Our D tackles better play well, but I don't think he can pass block, and I don't think he's going to sit in the pocket. I think Mullen's smart enough to keep this guy out of those uh, five, seven-step drops because he's going to get killed. That's going to be a hell of a game, and I, I, you know it's early yet, but I still have to believe that whoever the quarterback is, and I believe it's probably going to be Perry. There's enough weapons on this team to beat Florida, and I and I believe that. I'm not saying I we're going to win. I think there's enough weapons with the three tight ends they could use them, the wide receivers. You know, I, I think we're going to be good. I just think we're going to be good. I believe it. Haven't seen it yet. But I, I think we're going to be good. I do worry about the D tackles. I worry about linebacker depth, which is I'm sure everybody does, and the defensive backs. There's just no consistency because they haven't played together. They just haven't. And so that's a concern. So, you know, it's a kind of an overview from my part, and everybody else knows that that it's that's the way it is. We just have to go out there and figure out a way to beat these SOBs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Find you know, some way to win. teams got to be better. Field goals, this guy's got to start making field goals. Well, he missed a couple of these chippies in, in these scrimmages. He's got to make these things. He's got to make 40, 45-yard field goals where you put him out there, he's going to make them. You know, those are important. So what else you got, Bruce? Anything else for us? Uh, yeah, Garrett. How's life with you? Everything's good, man. Everything's great. How's the show? I liked I liked I liked what I saw in the spring. You know, I really did. I I I went through it at the beginning of the show, but uh, I know you probably weren't listening. But uh, there were a lot of things to like in the spring. The no, one I thing I didn't I was like talking to Leslie Visser, I was busy. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the She's one thing I didn't player. like, the one thing I didn't like was that they didn't go ones versus ones at all in those last two scrimmages. You know, I I, I yeah. think that they need to do that to get better. But other than that, I thought everything was you know. That I like the offense. I like Enos a lot. Um, I like the way Osborne looks coming into the program. Yeah, he's a uh, surefire I, starter. He's definitely starting. Yeah, no here. doubt. Definitely. No doubt. Right. No doubt. So you know, the, I think the, the ones versus twos was for confidence. I don't think they want to wreck anybody's confidence, especially on the offensive side of the ball. So yeah. I believe that's what they did. I did it. I did it on purpose. But they won't do that in in fall practice. They will go ones against ones. They have. Yeah, to. We'll see. We'll see. I think they have to. All right. Well, thanks right, uh, for calling in. Thank, thanks for being part of the show. Yeah, I'm just, you know, again, I, I, I post, I make comments once in a while, but right now there's nothing to say. There's nobody has the right answer. I don't care how many times you put something on, 
on the cane sport. I don't care who you are. You, you don't, we don't have an answer yet. We got to wait. I think all the answers come August 24th and 25th, when the day after, and we could sit here and figure out what happened, whether it's good or bad, and go from there. Right? Yep. No doubt. No doubt. All a right, lot buddy. of questions. Be well. All Everybody right, man. On, uh, on cane sport. Looking forward to seeing you guys and uh, have a great uh, off season. Talk to you yep, soon. Yep. We'll here. talk to you in August, Bruce. Right. Yep. Take care. All right. Bye. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Um, board's looking uh, relatively wide open. we got a couple guys uh, hanging on here that we'll get to right now. But uh, if you want to be part of the show, hit that one. Uh, call in, hit the one, and uh, it'll put you in the queue. We'll get you on. Let's go right now to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yo, what's up, Gary? It's Kane's fan. Doing great. Who's this? One fifty. What's up, man? One fifty. Hey, uh, I called in last week. Um, you kind of threw me under the bus, like after on the board, saying like I was making bad points or whatever. I didn't think that was too cool. But oh, you were the you, you. I didn't throw you under the bus. Everybody, everybody else was commenting about your call. I remember. I remember your call. Yeah, it was a little rough, but you'll yeah. do better tonight. Let's go. What you got? Um. Well, I, I just wanted to say, well, I, I wanted to reiterate, you know, some of the other things. I mean, I think we need we need somebody on the offensive line. I mean, what what's your beef if we have all these great tight ends? You saw what, what Will Mallory can do. I love we Will Mallory. We already have Will Mallory at tight end. We have um, Michael Irving at tight end. Why Revin not? Jordan. Yeah. The, the dude is athletic. Who's more athletic? The, um Who's this kid you're talking about? Zion Nelson or, or Brevin Jordan? Who would do better? Uh, Zion at, that, Nelson at, at offensive Jordan. tackles, Zion Nelson. Brevin Jordan is going to be one of the best tight ends in the country the next couple of years, and he'll probably go. But you know, at that point, we'll what see if he Will stays Mallory? for a senior. And Will Mallory too. You got two great tight ends, and you're going to see them both on the field a what lot. What about? All right. You're going to see both. You're going to see Enos use both of those guys in tandem a lot. For making Okay. The the second. Yeah. Don't go back to it. The don't, come on. You just people are just going to annihilate you again. Don't don't talk about Brevin Jordan as an offensive tackle. There's no, just there's no way. Okay. So let, move on from that. I don't want I don't want people to to you know roast you again. Right, so what well. else you got? Okay. Yeah. So move on from you, that. You point. think you think you could achieve uh, Alabama level recruiting uh, without without resorting or let's not even say a program's name. Do you think you could you could achieve? Okay, so what do you want recruiting? You want like five star players, and you want like um, like really top shelf recruiting, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, what do you think you need to do? Let's just be honest. What do you think you need to do to, to achieve that? First thing you need to do is you need to get the respect let's, of. Listen, let me answer you. Mark, I'm, I'm going to answer your question honestly. You need to get the respect of Alabama, of Georgia. Respect. Of, listen, let me answer your question. You need to get the respect of Alabama, Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, for starters, to where they don't come down here and 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 do some of the stuff that you know maybe has been going on. Okay, that's the first thing you got to do. You have to somehow get their attention, and and there has to be a mutual respect there that. You know, you're not coming into the state of Miami and that is stealing, and, and it has everything. It has everything to do with right. it. Okay, yeah. I'm answering your que- I'm answering your question honestly. Okay, that's what I think needs to happen. 
somehow, some way, you got to get their attention and you got to get their respect. Okay. okay? Because until think? that ha- until that happens, they're they're they're, they're going to continue coming down here, and it's going to be like open season. Okay, you're a little off on this. Let me just. Okay, look. The only thing we need to do is start doing what other teams are doing. That's what we need to do. If you have a defensive back that, uh, oh, hey, Miami's a really good team, but another college is giving them a bag, what do you think's happening with all these defensive backs? Miami, first of all, first of all, forget forget the being – wait, timeout, timeout. Forget the, the, the being susceptible to getting caught if, you, when you, if and when you get into that business. Miami cannot get into the business of buying kids from South Florida. The minute – Miami would ever start doing that? The only way. Well, I know you. I know you and a lot of people think that, but I understand the chaos that would erupt if that ever started happening, with all the street agents and everything else that are running around South Florida. If Miami ever got into the business of buying South Florida kids, it would be a it would be a big problem. How else are we going to compete, Gary? There's the only way to do you have that. to build. You, really you have to build to relationships. You have to build relationships with those kids and their families. You have to make them understand the big picture. You have to have a plan in place for them that lays out a roadmap for the future that trumps anything that anybody else from outside the area might do. And if you're doing right. that to the, to the best of your ability and it's not good enough, then it's just not good enough. But, like, you, you know, you, you can't do what, you, what you're saying. It, it would be absolute insanity down here, and the program would end up on probation. Maybe get the death penalty. All right, last thing, and then uh, just keep you on hold. Um, it, you know, I, I stand by my message. Every it, it doesn't matter who comes in. You're going to say this new coach is doing a great job. You know, um, it could have been anybody, um, and that, that's why it's like it's so ridiculous. Like it's it's just like it's like almost children. Like, oh, the new new offensive coordinator came in. They look so much. You wouldn't believe it. They look so much better. It's like night and day. Well, I've watched that guy coach like for probably for – I probably watched him coach now for about – can I comment on what you're saying? When Enos moves on, when Enos moves on or whatever You better get another one. You got to come in, and the same same thing's going to happen. Oh, you – Not necessarily. I mean, we weren't saying the same thing about Mark Rick. We weren't saying the same thing about Mark Rick last year. No, we were not. There was nobody that felt great about what was going on on offense, man. Nobody. No, no, no. And I personally now – I personally now have watched Enos for probably a good 15 hours, and I couldn't be more impressed. I think he's doing a great job. I think he's a very good coach, and I think the University of Miami is lucky to have him for however long that they can keep him. All right. Well, now, no, if you have a different opinion, it's all good. I mean, you can have a different opinion, but I'm just telling you that that's what I – that's. That's my eye, who's been watching offensive coordinators on Green Tree practice field and at the University of Miami now. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm starting to get old. I've been doing this for 40 years, okay? Okay, And I've watched a lot. I've seen a a lot of offensive coordinators, and this guy's good. You said the same thing about Mark Rick when he first came in. You said you saw a noticeable difference between him and Golden. And you said no. the same thing about Golden. I didn't see a noticeable difference about, between Mark Rick and what James Coley and what James Coley was doing. James Coley has grown into one of the better offensive coordinators around the country. He's now the offensive yeah, coordinator of Georgia. 
He's at Georgia now. Dude, okay, he's, he's yeah. the offensive coordinator. They just promoted him to offensive coordinator. When when Enos, they they tried to get Enos too. It was a Georgia Miami battle for Enos. When Enos came to Miami, they gave James Coley the OC job there. Um, James Coley did a decent job here. So no, I didn't say that. I don't. Somebody might. Have, I didn't say that. I mean, there well, was you know really nothing. Doing is when they when they get these guys. Like if you get these like star recruiter. Like like James Coley types guys, just keep them and collect those dudes. Well, you know, I, I, I thought that was a mis- I thought that was a mistake that Mark Rick made. I thought he should have kept James Coley. Should have kept James Coley. Like- should have not hired his son, and he would have been much better off. All right, man. Let me let some of these other guys get on. Uh, thank you so much for All being right, part man. of the show, and uh, we'll talk to you again in August. All right, man. Keep up the good work. You got it, man. Right. Have a good night. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the number one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Let's go out to the 318. You're live on Kane Sport Live. What's up, Gary? You know, it's this poor city Kane again. What, how What's you up, been man? Doing? I've been doing great. How you been? Welcome back to the show. Oh, man. I know, just just making it, uh, uh, just making it. Been uh, watching uh, what's going on with the team. I like what's going on with the team, and uh, just about the same thing I always say uh, all the time. It seems like that the players that really want to be at Miami, they seem to produce a lot more than the mercenaries. I mean, they just do. Uh, I mean, I don't know what Zion Nelson's future is going to be, but I know that uh, it's a whole lot better then uh, a lot of people uh, would. And when you start to look around, the Jafari Harveys and the, the Zion Nelsons and the Jeremiah Paytons are the producers. And mm-hmm. and I'd I like to see us, uh, you know, recruit more of those guys. I think that a lot of times I think that what I want to see happen with recruiting is, is that we become a lot more efficient and not go chasing out the players who really just don't want to be there. You know, I think that if we did that, then you're seeing that these guys are producing. I think we're moving in the right direction uh, when you start to look at it. And that, you know, uh, I think what's going to happen for our season this year, if our guys come out there mentally ready. I know last year I was saying that even I went to the first game and we just weren't mentally had a mental toughness that it took to go out there and to and to take on the the uh the obstacles that we needed to have. And when you see guys like John Ford stepping up and you see some of the rest of these guys stepping up, you gotta feel good about where it's going. Dan Enos is gonna do a good job for us because he's gonna get us more motion. We're gonna get guys and once you start seeing see guys like Will Mallory have to get involved in the offense. They have to because they're mismatched. And you have to play off of those mismatches. Uh, but let me ask you this question. Uh, what's your assessment of Zion Nelson? Very athletic-looking kid. Came in at about 240 pounds. <laughs> Looked nothing like an offensive lineman. Um, but in three months, he's put on about 20, 25 pounds. He's starting to you know, grow into his body. He's got a nice frame. And I think if they can get him up to 270, 280, you know, he might be able to survive out there. Now, does he have any business being a starting tackle for the Miami Hurricanes as a true freshman? No, absolutely not. But they may not have a choice, man. It, it, it's like it, 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 it could be him or someone like George Brown, and they might feel that he's better, you know, so they're going to have to, you know, just like they had to put Scaife out there last year, they may have to put him out there this year. 
All right, now what are our chances with Darnell Washington, their tight end out of uh, Las Vegas? There's a chance, but let's be, you know, I mean, let's look at it realistically. And I know you got Brevin Jordan and, and Tate Martell and these guys who are from Vegas on the roster right now. That kid could go anywhere in the country. And, you know, he had a great time. You know, Miami was a great visit for him. And, and Miami's going to get an official visit. But you're not going to put all your eggs in that basket. You know, but, but I like, like I said earlier, I like the fact that they're recruiting kids like this. You know, they, it's been proven that you can win on kids like this. You got Brevin Jordan to come here from Vegas. I mean, you know, you can you can win with these kids, and uh, I like that they're taking these kind of shots. Okay, now let me ask you this question. I know that we're going to have to go back to the transfer transfer portal for somebody. I'm I know a lot of people not saying this, but I'm a little bit concerned about the running back depth. I'm concerned about it, and I would love to see another runner get in there because we just hadn't got anything out of Robert Burns. By now, we should be able to get at least some plays out of Robert Burns. Do you think that we need to go to get a linebacker? I'm really concerned about the defensive backs too. But I think, do you think we need at least one more running back? Because the running backs, even though they're splitting up carries, we don't really have a big, big running back. We don't have a big guy that can really be a bell cow. No, but you could go one back a lot and two tight ends. Uh, so, you know, there, you have some different options there. I mean, I agree with you. I wouldn't be counting on Robert Burns uh, either. But I don't know that there aren't more greater areas of need than running back. And I, I, I think I'd be looking at some other things like linebacker first. But if there's, if, and, and there's not likely to be a great running back in the portal. But if some great running back decided that – you know, he wanted to put himself in there. I mean, maybe you would consider it. But I think you have other areas of need. I think you would look for an offensive you, tackle or a linebacker before you would look at a running back. All right. Who do you think out of all the freshmen, whether it's Jabari Harvey, Zion Nelson, Jeremiah Payton, who do you think will make the biggest impact? I know that the leader in the clubhouse got to be Jabari Harvey, but who do you think out of all our freshmen that's coming in, are going to make the biggest impact uh, in the upcoming season? Um, I think right now it's more most likely to be Zion Nelson because he's the one that figures to be out there playing. I don't see Harvey playing a ton. He's going to, you know, he'll be the fifth guy at defensive end. Uh, he's going to be good enough to play. I, I wrote a column the other day saying I hope they redshirt him, and I really do because uh, you know I don't see him getting a lot of a lot of reps this year uh, unless there's a, a rush of injuries at defensive end. Uh, Jeremiah Payton, I, I see getting some decent playing time, but in the pecking order at receiver, who's likely to get more balls? Jeff Thomas. Dan Enos is talking about targeting him 10 times a game. Um, Osborne, without question, is going to get a lot. So um, all the other guys are going to be cutting up only you know, a, a pretty modest number of footballs. So uh, I would say Zion Nelson of the freshman figures maybe to, to com- contribute the most. Okay, amazing, huh? Two more questions. Yeah, amazing. And, 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 and Christian Williams, I think, is another one. He's not here yet. But Christian Williams is certainly a guy that figures to play a lot. Now, let me ask you this. This is my final two questions. Uh, who in this upcoming 2020 uh, recruiting class that are still a chance for us or the must, must get in this class? And also, uh, and also, 
uh, who do you who do you feel like will be the starting quarterback uh, once we face uh, Florida and uh, Orlando on August the twenty fourth? For who will I mean, be if I, if, the original? If I had to make a bet right now, I would bet on the cozy. I, I, you know, the, the, it looks to me like he's the guy that came out of spring in the best um, in the best spot with the with the coaches. But there's like you know there's still some time here, and we'll you know we'll see. A lot's going to depend on the summer. And the cozy's got to have a good summer, and they they they're going to have to really really believe in him to, to put him out there. I think after the way things went last year, uh, recruiting wise. I think a lot's going to develop here in the next couple months, but if I had to point to one guy that I consider a litmus test right now as to where the program is recruiting, I would point to um, Avante Williams, the, uh, the the defensive back uh, out of the land, was once committed to Miami, presently committed to Oregon. you got to be able to convince that kid that he's better off staying at home in the state coming down to Miami, they're going all the way across the country to Oregon. Uh, great limits test for where this program is right now, in my opinion, is, is, is that recruitment right there. Uh, beyond that, we'll see. You know, I mean, it's, it's, I know it's crazy to say it's early in the game, but it really, really is because this, this coaching staff's really just getting started when they go out in May. But, you know, if you ask me to point to one that I'm watching real close to see what happens, it would be that one. Okay, then, hey, man, I want you to keep doing what you're doing and have a blessed night and uh, look forward to seeing you in August. All right, Port City, you have a great off season, and uh, we'll talk to you in August. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you'd like to come on the show. Uh, let me attack uh, one or two more because I promise not to let the show go by with uh, without doing it. Um, is this the really the best offensive system for Miami's athletes? The team does not have power football personnel. Um, Cochino should spread the field, take advantage of the speed. The O-line is a liability. Uh, wouldn't that be a better system for quarterbacks too, especially Martell? A couple things. Uh, there are football purists would probably make that argument that because of the offensive line situation, you might be better off, you know, spreading it out a little bit and 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 and, and using the spread and taking some of the pressure off of the offensive line. Uh, no argument there. But I just don't think that's in the cards. I mean, I think Dan Enos has a good system. I think he's determined to establish it and develop it here at Miami. And uh, and I think they're going to go with that. And I think it's adaptable to whomever the quarterback is. He can he's got a lot of flexibility and variety. Now, the onus is going to be on the offensive line to get good enough to execute it, and we won't know that until we get to the Florida game uh, and beyond. Uh, but I just don't think a spread right now is in the cards. They they've committed to this offense, and and I see them sticking with it. New dorms, indoor practice facility, new coach, rocking hard rock. Good course, scholastic programs, location, private school with a recognized degree. How much does all of that sway prospects? Will it make the key five stars hop aboard the new Miami? Here's what it does. It gets them in the door. Okay? And you, you've seen a lot of these five-star kids from outside the area and all the top kids from inside the area visiting campus in the last month, seeing everything that we just mentioned. And... It gets them in the door. 
The concept of visiting the new Miami and seeing all of this is great in April. It'll be great in May, June, July. But if you don't win in the fall, it gets progressively harder to land any of these top kids. It's hard enough as it is if you do win. And um, But I think that all these things that are going on with the dorms and the practice facility and, and, and everything else is great because it helps them get some of the elite players around the country to come take a visit. And when they come here, you can see it's working. You know, when you see Washington, the tight end from Vegas, Flo, the linebacker from California, come in and speak highly of their unofficial visits, speak highly of Miami, and express that they are going to come back on an official visit. And now if you can get them to just follow up on that, you have a fighting chance. So it's all good, but the window dressing, the weather, the dorms, the lake – it, get, it gets them in the door, but at the end of the day, it's not going to be necessarily when you have a kid that can go to any program he wants in the country, it's not necessarily going to be the elements that gets them to pull the trigger. You got to have a winning program. You got to show them that they're going to be able to come and be part of success. And um, the onus will be on the program to do that when things uh, get real in August. But uh, that's the best I can answer that question. How close are we in competing with the elite guys for the four and five-star recruits uh, on a on a one to ten scale? I think I would say seven or eight. I think seven or eight would be fair, just because of the fact that they are coming on campus and and they are getting visits from a lot of these kids. And uh, whether that number goes up or down will be answered by what happens over the next uh, six months or so. How is Blake Baker different from Manny Diaz? I don't think he is that different. I think they're attached at the hip, and that's why Blake Baker's here. Baker was chosen to be the defensive coordinator because he is Manny Diaz. He learned from Manny Diaz. He understands the way Manny Diaz likes to run defense. And obviously Manny's there, but he wanted a a guy that knew his, his way of doing it, knew his systems, knew his schemes that would integrate seamlessly and and that's why Blake Baker was given the defensive coordinator position. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633, hit the 1 on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Let's go out now to the 386. 386, you're live on Kane Sport Live. What's going on, man? How you doing tonight? Doing great. Who's this? Oh, my name's JP out of Deland. Hey, what's up, JT? I don't think you've got – you a first-time caller? No, second time, but uh, I'm very rare. Right. And uh, I just had right. a couple questions. Um, well, welcome I'm back. Do you know Do you know Avante from... Williams? Uh, I do. Yeah? How's, I do. How's things, how are things going with Avante? Well, from what I hear around here from talking around people, that he's going to be probably between the Florida State a Miami guy, but most of the Florida State people think that he's going to be a Miami guy. Um, okay, well, that's but, good to hear. But of course, but of course, I also have a cousin that is a jam up. He'll be a junior, and he is a defensive tackle, and he is a stud. And so, hopefully, they'll look at him also. But that's beside the point. So, um, 
but what I'm questioning is one, we haven't heard at least I haven't heard much about Brevin Jordan, what's going on with his knee. Um two, my question is about Williams at a quarterback position. I thought in my mind that he was dealt an unfair deal about being put with the twos and then the number one defense and Yeah, he never got started the other day. He never got started. Yeah. I I agree with you. Uh, he definitely got the short end of the stick on Saturday. But, you know, he did okay this spring. Probably not quite as ready as Nicosi, just because Nicosi's been in games. Correct. But and, and I, just felt this, this but I hope he doesn't give up. I really hope he doesn't give up. I don't think he, could he, be, he could be a good player. I do, too. And, I, and, and my next question is, well, let me answer your Brevin Jordan question first. The, he, he's moving around pretty good. I think he's going to be fine for the fall. More than that, that's all needed. I just think that uh, as long as Manny, and I'm I'm a Cuban American. I'm from South Florida. I grew up in the Keys. I'm all Miami. My family's all Miami. Um, if he does what he says he's going to do and these coaches say they're going to do, I think – it might not be this year, but I think we're going to be okay. So, it is what it is. You know, I mean, I just got called to, you know, kind of give a couple points. And also the running back, uh, Lingard. He came from kind of where I'm at, where I live now, uh, Orange City. My kids go to Orange City. What's going on with Lingard? Lingard's been rehabbing from his knee surgery, and uh, hopefully he'll be ready for fall camp. Yeah, I think he's one of those that I have looked at him running him. I'm not a coach, but he always stood straight up. So I'm wondering if that's they have to work on with him. Okay. But what else you got? Huh? That's it. I'm good. All right, man. Well, thank you for being part of the show. We'll talk to you next time. Bye, right, buddy. Let's go out to the 678. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 678, you with us? Going once, going twice. All right, next time. Uh, let's go to the um, let's go to the 305 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, Gary. How you doing? Pedro here. Uh, Kane's hey, what's up, Pedro? Board. How you doing this evening? How's everything? Good, doing good. good. Doing good. Uh, good good show. Uh, I think people yeah, are making some pretty good, good, pretty good comments. Yep. Wanted to uh, comment on something you said that I agree with. Just uh, Miami, like places like Miami and USC, there the city is bigger than the football program. Places like Tuscaloosa and you know uh, Clemson and Ohio State. That's why those guys, if they do, pay the bags. That's why they're protected. Places like Miami and USC, for example, I use USC as a comparison, are not because the city is bigger than the college program, in my opinion. It's yeah. a much no, it's bigger good. town that's, and a lot more That's going a good on. point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, it's like people, people like are just, they're just so, ca- so casual. Oh, Miami needs to get in the game and buy players. I mean, look, you st- like I said, you start throwing money around like that in, in South Florida. I mean, the way that, with all these street agents and the way they chatter, why do you think everybody knows what everybody else is doing? Because they all exactly. talk, they all, they all brag about it. <laughs> so, 
so the city's bigger than the school. Just... Yeah, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't do that. It would be an absolute insane asylum down here. I agree with you 100%. Another thing I wanted to talk to you about, uh, the quarterback situation, I wanted your opinion real quick. And this is my thought. I think that, like, as a quarterback itself, I think uh, both Jaron and Nicosia are better quarterbacks. But Tate's ability to move, especially with the offensive line that we have, which is apparently everybody's big concern from coaches to, to you and to fans, from everybody, the fact that he can create something out of nothing, which something that Jaron can do. And Nicosia, although he's very, very fast, last year when I saw him try to move, he, he hesitates. He takes like a second or two longer than he should to start moving. Once he moves, he's really fast. But before he moves, he takes one or two seconds. And one or two seconds are a difference between a sack and a five-yard run. And I think that Tate brings that to the, to the game, like we saw in the, in the spring game. Yeah, Tate, know, like he, Tate he probably runs too fast. <laughs> he's running before yeah. he's thinking. I agree. Now, you've got to decide if you want that if like, you're a coach, Enos. You know? I mean, it kind of negates your entire scheme. It, it, you know, your, your, it kind of you know, negates your whole system if that's what your quarterback's doing. If the O-line proves that it can't function in the offense, they may not have a choice. Well, yeah, I mean, it gives the defense something to think about, you know, as opposed to like Nicosi and, and Jaron, they're like, okay, this, this, there's a big chance this guy's going to throw the ball. So they're just going to try and go after the quarterback nonstop, as opposed to with Tate, if he does run, it gives the defense something to think about, and it, it kind of slows the game for the offense, you know, it gives them more time, I think. I could be completely wrong, but that's just a thought, I think, and why I think Tate, if he uh, is able to throw the ball a little bit better and, and play under center better, will win the job. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. There's a lot of things to consider, um, a lot of elements that will come into play. If I can't, you know, if I had to make a bet right now, I would say Nicosi takes the first snap against Florida, but I wouldn't be surprised if, if he didn't either. So I don't know. We'll see. Do you think? Do you think we're going to go into the season kind of loose with like, you know, kind of like how Mark Rick did last year? Like you have a bad quarter or bad three, four drives, and they'll switch quarterbacks. You think we're going to be in that kind of mode? Possibly. I don't listen. There's not a clear cut dude. There's not a clear cut dude in the program right now. Okay, there's not, and there's not gonna be. (laughs) Okay, I I don't care who wins the job. He's not gonna be a clear cut dude because that's not the 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 level. There's not a clear cut dude, but they're better than last year. That's what I'm hearing. Correct. That's 100 percent correct. Like you had, you had markedly better. We're both like yes. Exactly. No, last year I was, sitting, I was sitting there saying if they put Nikozi Perry in the game, the season's going to turn into a disaster. And I was taking bullets from everywhere. I said the, the best chance to win nine, ten games last year was to ride it out with Rozier. He proved the year before he could do it. They won 15 straight games. Uh, and, uh, you know, I, I said, look, I said, if you want to win nine, ten last year, you got to just ride it out with him. And I took bullets from everywhere because I knew that if Nikozi Perry took over at the quarterback position, that the season would – would more than likely fall into a disaster, and that's and that's what happened. I don't feel that way this year. I don't feel that way after watching him good. the last month. Yeah, well, market improvement. Yeah, the only Much... thing that Cozy did was was beat FSU, which was pretty big for us. But yeah, but the defense uh, beat FSU. We were getting our butts kicked against yep. a team that were markedly better than last year. Fair. Uh, you know, FSU, FSU had no business coming into Miami and being and three touchdowns. Yeah, being 20 points ahead. I mean, seriously? 
I mean, I the de- the defense won that game and 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 stole it. Nikosi did make a couple nice throws, but the defense won that game. I agree. Yeah. I hear you. All yep. right, Gary. Well, thank you very much for your time. I appreciate everything you do. You and, got it, man. Thank uh, you. That's all I got. Thank you for Thanks. being part of the show. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Hit the one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. Two hours down, uh, we can be here. We'll be here as long as we need to be here. So if you want to get in on the show tonight, uh, get yourself in the queue right now. Call that number. Hit one on your keypad. We'll get you on. Let's go out to the 845 now. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Yeah, Howie, how you doing? Hey, Greg. what's up, Greg? How you been, man? What are you? Yeah, uh, you, have, you you have dinner dates now or something? Because you're getting in later and later every week. No, I, I like to listen to some of these knuckleheads on the show. Yeah. Oh, we've had good callers. Most of the call, most of the callers tonight have been pretty good. Right. Okay. You know when we'll we'll when we'll be back is when guys like Robert Knowles are not even on the field. They're on the bench. Fair. They don't even have a chance to compete. Why is he even in contention to play when Bubba Ball? Because he does. He does all the right things. He's got a great attitude. He works hard. He's a. You know. He's one of the guys that 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 is a leader on the team in the weight room and things like that. And the coaches reward him by putting him out there. Then then game day comes and it all falls apart for him. I feel I feel bad for Robert Knowles. Game day arrives and it all falls apart. But (laughs) but uh, the rest of the time he's one of the you know guys that you would use as an example on the team. So the coaches they reward him for it. Okay. Uh, Well, I think this is his last year, right? Yeah. Okay. And he doesn't figure All to be right. out there this year. I mean, you got Bubba Bolden coming in. You got Amari Carter sitting there. I think that'll be the competition to to start with Gervin Hall at safety. Okay. And and you might now even he, see both those guys start because they uh, or play a lot because uh, you might see Gervin Hall drop down into a cornerback role on third down. I think that's something they'll play with also. All right. You mentioned that you'd like to see them redshirt Harvey. I really would, in man. He's the of football. You cannot redshirt your top Why? freshmen because they're Why? only going to play. For, they're only going to be. Says, there says who? Years. Says who? You would have said the same thing about Joe Jackson, uh, you know, or he's going to be a third-round draft pick. Uh, you would have said the same thing about Jaquan Johnson. He's going to probably be a fifth or sixth, seventh-round draft pick. Why? Why can't they? Why can't you redshirt them? You know, I mean, how much better? would this offensive line be if Tyree St. Louis was coming back next year? You know, I'm just, you know, like Casey McDermott the year before guys that you played as true freshmen that weren't really great contributors as true freshmen. And you could have had them back for a fifth year. When you go play teams like Boston college and Virginia, what do you think you're going against? You're going against a lot of fifth year kids. And yeah, they right. may not and get drafted. Not entirely rated kids. Hey, look, look at this at Osborne kid. Greg, look at Osborne. Look at Osborne coming in here as a fifth-year kid from Buffalo. He was the best. He was the best receiver on the team this spring. Okay. You think he, I hope he now? Is. Wait a minute. Do you think he was the well. best? Do you think he was the best receiver on the team? Because coming out of high school, he had the best credentials and the best rankings and all that. No, he's the best receiver on the team because he's a fifth-year guy who's been in college football for four years. He's played in a ton of games. 
He's more mature. He's more physically developed. And that's why he was the best receiver on the team this spring. Now, Jeff Thomas may or may not be better than him in the fall. We'll see. And he probably will be because Enos is committed to getting him 10 touches a game. But don't – like people – this is one of the things. People don't respect age, seasoning, maturity as much as they should. It's an instant gratification. And everybody says that. Kids are going to leave after three years. How many kids have left Miami after three years that should have left Miami after three years? Not many. So, you know, Jafari Harvey, he may develop into a great player that's going to be a first or second round draft pick after three years that it might make sense for him to leave. But what if he doesn't? You know, what if he's just a really good player that would benefit from coming back for year four? And then what happens if in year four he gets hurt three or four games into it? And you're happy that you can bring him back for year five or, you know, or, or whatever. It's like, you don't know what the future is going to hold. He's not going to play a lot this year. You're going to have four defensive okay. ends that are going to be on the field before him. All right. Do you think Jeff Thomas is going to come back next year? Depends how his season goes this year. There's not a chance he's coming back. I mean, maybe not because of the academics and all that. You know, yeah, I get it. But, 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 I mean, from a pure football standpoint, doesn't it depend on how things go this year? If Jeff Thomas were in the NFL draft Thursday night, where where do you think he'd be picked? Uh, Fourth round, fifth round, problem of fourth, fifth round, maybe fourth or fifth round. Yeah, right, exactly. So, you know, we don't know what it's what the situation's going to be a year from now. We'll see. He was the best player on offense last year by far. He's the best player we got. Yeah. We'll see what happens with that. When he was when now, he was running the right when he was running the right routes, when he was having a good attitude. Yeah, you know, well, a lot of, when you're on a team where they they uh, how many routes did they actually run last year? Yeah, well, they're running a lot the more this year, so we'll see. Be very expensive. It's a much better okay. playbook this year. Much better playbook all this right. year. Fine. Let's go. All right. We went over this last year before the season started. Miami was favored in every game last year. Okay, and they lost six games. This yep. year, they'll probably be favored in every game but one. The first one. There's no excuse to be if this guy says we're going to lose five games. That's ridiculous. Well, they shouldn't. They shouldn't, but decent. You're talking about good coaching. We didn't have that last year. It was was horrible. But there's some areas that are bone thin, man. If you have an injury at defensive tackle, if you have an injury at linebacker, if you have injuries on the O line, I mean, there's there's things that happen during the course of a season. Uh, it could get real problematic real quick. I mean, you take out, you took one player out of the defense in the bowl game, and you saw what happened. Okay. Did, did really? Did they? Did they really want to be there? Honestly, they don't play probably well probably not. Right? But I don't think they wanted to get they their really butts don't. kicked like that either. You know, I mean, uh, you know, that's making an excuse. And, you know, I mean, that, you, that would be making. You're, an you're always. You're I mean, did Wisconsin really? Why did Wisconsin really want to be there more than Miami? What were they playing for? Absolutely nothing. So both teams were playing for nothing. 
Wisconsin has our number. They've beaten us three times in bowls. Right, because they beat because the they physically they they because they, they beat their butts at the line of scrimmage. Right. Not having been okay. good enough up front. So, um, what are you hearing about? Uh, what is the reason we can't get an offensive tackle to come in on the portal? They're guaranteed if they're any good a starting position. Because they're, they're, there aren't great. Kennedy is the best we can do. How do you know? What makes you think there's somebody better? Like if you're if you're a starting offensive lineman somewhere at a good school, why would you put yourself on the portal? I don't know. Some guys want to go to a, a better situation. I don't know. But if you're already there's starting at the school, you at the school. If you're already starting at the school you've been at for four years, why would you go into the portal? Well. You you talked about before Alabama has ten guys that are better than yeah, well, anyone that, we have. Yeah, that's different, and and that's what you're looking okay, for. So you're look, you're looking for the number seven guy the at Alabama to put himself in the portal because he could be the number one guy at Miami. That's what you're looking for. But he's got to be a senior. Okay, think about it. he's got to be a senior. He's got to have graduated, and he's got to be the, the number seven guy at a place like Alabama as, as a senior. You know, not, you know, it's it's not as easy as it seems. However, if a situation like that unfolds and the coaches see it, I feel pretty certain they'll pounce. Okay, what what's going on? What are you hearing about this running back night? Think we have a chance of getting? Absolutely, have a chance. Absolutely, have a chance. That thing's picking up steam. Uh, Clemson's gotten, I think, one other running back committed and is not a sure thing in that regard as they were a couple months ago. Uh, Knighton has spent a lot of time on campus this spring. He, he and his family drove to Orlando for the spring game, which I thought was a great sign. And without question, they have a chance for him. Okay. All right. Now, getting, you were talking about using the bag routine. You don't think your buddy Mario uses the bag routine out in Oregon? How do they get the number I, five class in the country? No idea. Is Mario that great of a recruiter? Uh, yeah, he's a great re- he's a great recruiter, great recruiter, and well, you know he's a he great does a recruiter at Alabama. Everyone is. He's a great recruiter at Oregon too, didn't you see? They just had the best recruiting class in school history. I in his first, that in his first, and in his first year, head. in his first year as head coach, they had the best recruiting class in school history. And I don't know if you pay attention to what's going on, but they had the number one player in the country, a quarterback, on their campus this past weekend for their spring game, and they're and they're neck and neck with Clemson to land the number one quarterback in the country. He's got to decide: does he want to go to Oregon and start next year, or does he want to go to Clemson and bat and be behind Trevor Lawrence for one year and then play it at Clemson. That's his choice. So but they are in the game. The They're from St. John Bosco. Yes. California. He's, he's, yeah, he's the number one quarterback in the country, at least in the ratings. Right. Now, when I watch tape, I think some of the guys that Miami's on look just, just about as good. But uh, but I'm just saying he's the number one rated guy, and Mario's in a neck and neck battle with um, with Clemson for him. Um, that they're, they've had a, many other top guys out on their campus. They're, they're, they're recruiting ex- exceptionally well. I mean, I don't know why we have to – why do we have to disrespect Mario? Mario's one of the best recruiters in the country. I'm not um, disrespecting him. Don't tell me yeah, they don't and, use bags out there. 
Come on, all these schools use them. How did Georgia go from, how did they get eight five stars in one year? Yeah, great. I wouldn't, I'm not arguing with you about people using bags, that's for sure. <laughs> Mississippi, what did they use a few years I'm, I'm ago? I'm just saying they Miami mentioned... can't get it. I'm just saying Miami can't get in that business in South Florida. That's what I'm saying. And they can't. Oh, okay. It would so be, just like it would they be a, ruined the basketball team uh, because they got a le- there were allegations against Lauren Egg and he got no recruits, ruined the whole season. Why do they only do it to Miami? They're not the only ones that are doing it, okay? It's ridiculous. There's no way. It's, it's, something has to be done about this. It's crazy. It, it, we're not on a level playing field with the SEC, okay? Mississippi has Listen, went from the here's what, here's what Here's what I'm going to say, Greg. I'm, here's what I'm going to tell you, and it's not going to be the popular answer or anything that people, some people will think I'm out of my mind, okay? You can't let that be an excuse, okay? You have to build solid enough relationships with kids and their family. You've got to be able to lay out a roadmap for these kids and, and convince them why they don't need to go in that direction. You can't just throw, you don't just throw your arms up and say, oh, geez, you know, Georgia's coming in. All right, we're out. Next case. No, you got to, you got to be better. You got to, you, you know, the challenge, the onus is on the coaches to be better. And that's, and that's what they have to be able to do. And they got to be able to do it without dropping bags around South Florida. Cause that's not going to have, you can't, that would not be sustainable. That would get the program in massive, massive trouble because it would be way too public and it would get way too messy. So th- don't think like that. It can't happen. You got to okay. find another you way. You got to find another way and you, and, and you got to be better than the other guys in a big time way and not make excuses. Lay out a, lay out a business plan for a kid and their family as to why they are better off doing what you want them to do as opposed to taking a bag with $20,000 in it. <laughs> oh, okay, you brought up the kid, Avante Williams, all right? The guy has yeah. a kid already. He has a child. Yeah. Uh, why the hell would he want to go all the way to Oregon when his kid's in South, wherever, northern, central Florida? Don't know. Because he, he's getting paid. That's why. <laughs> Figure it but, out, but, but but people in There's Delant no think he's going to go to Miami or Florida State. So we'll see. That's what the guy said. Well, we'll find out. I hope he does. But I I'll let you go. I'm just frustrated that. Uh, yeah, I know. I, I know. I know, Greg, but I know it's I know it's frustrating. But you, you got to find a way, man. You got to find a way. You can't just throw your arms up. All right, Gary. I'll continue. And I know it. I know it sounds a little. Uh, I know it's a. It's not a very popular answer for you, but uh, my feeling is you, you got to find a way. You got to you got to find a way to build a bond with a kid and their family that supersedes anything that anybody else is going to do. And then you also, yeah, like I said earlier, in the case of South Florida kids, you got to be able to protect your turf in the sense that. You know, Nick Saban and Kirby Smart, they need to know they need to go elsewhere. 
whatever that takes. Whatever that takes. But anyway, I just want to make a prediction. Tate Martell will start game one, and one of those other two will be out of here after the decision is made. We'll see. All right, Greg. Three guys are not going to stick around. Probably not. Probably not. But we'll see. All right, man. Hey, have a great summer. Thank you, as always, for being part of the show. And uh, when we get to the fall, I expect to see you first in the queue again. All right. You, you've let, you, you, you let everything 305 steal your celebrity the last couple of weeks. So. I'm becoming the clothes like Mariano Rivera now. <laughs> All right, Greg. Hey, have a great summer, man. Yep, you got Me it. Too. Bye-bye. All right, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Man, I wish somebody would drop, drop one of those bags on my doorstep. Come on, man. I've put in my time for a long time here. Just one bag. I, would, I wish I could just see one of those bags that everybody talks about. Just one. Let's go out to the 786. You're live on Kane Sport Live. Hey, what's up, Gary? Doing great. Who's this? This is Will, man. My second time calling you. Um, called you what's up, Will? Um, you don't have a, you don't have a, you don't have one of those bags for me, do you? I need a bag, man. Nah, let me tell you something, Gary. I don't know if you. Uh, if you make a lot of the situation, but I'm telling you, Gary, I know for 100 percent that the, that bad game is real. Of course, it's real. Thinking. We know. We all know it's oh, real. Okay. I, I thought you were making a lot as if, as if you didn't believe it, or no, it's real. We everybody knows it's real, oh, but okay, you okay. you gotta you gotta find a way to get them the hell out of here. Nah, Gary, it ain't nah, Gary. I mean, come on, Gary, think about it. I got two quick points, but 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 on that oh. quick point. I mean, you, you, you're talking about these kids and, and their parents. I know for a fact, I'm not going to say who will win or how, what, but I know for a fact, these kids are getting fifteen, twenty thousand dollars $20,000 offered to them, and they're yeah. taking it. And they're, and they're going to play for good schools, Gary. It's not like they're going to play for Troy. So when it comes down to it, a kid could have might have grew up wanting to play for the Hurricanes, but he's in a situation where, okay, I, can, I, want, I mean, I want to play for the Hurricanes, but you know, I get to play in the SEC, and they're going to give me a bag? Come on, Gary. That's a no-brainer. Miami can't compete with that. They can't. you got to find a even way, you gotta find a way to compete, to man. Go to, Gary, even if a kid wanted to go to Miami, grew up wanting to go to Miami all his life, he gets to the 11th grade, he's a four- or five-star prospect, and all these people are coming at him with all these, you know, different offers. Come on, Gary. There's no way a kid or his parents. What, what, what's what's the what's the what's the what's the Miami degree worth? What what's the plan if the kid doesn't make the NFL? What kind of future? Yeah, can, Gary. Can, that can, sounds good, Gary. Yeah, but I mean, it's you know, like what, what do you? What, it's not like you're turning down Miami to go play at Troy. I mean, you. I understand. To, to go play at Georgia. You know I understand. I mean? It's not like so. If they were even. Like I said, even you leaving, he's leaving. If they were even, come on, somebody offered you the kind of money. Even you would have to think about it, Gary. Think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah, but if you're Miami, what do you do? Do you just like you just wave the flag, and you, or and you were saying earlier about where well, Miami has to build up the respect to where you think you gotta... even if Miami was to the level, you think Nick Saban and Dabble Sweeney still wouldn't come down here and recruit? I don't care what Miami does. Those guys know the best players that are here. They're going to come down here regardless. 
You know what I mean? All right. Let me give you an example. Let's talk about Josh Job. Okay? Oh. Okay? For a minute? Uh, Go ahead. Have you taken a look at Alabama's, you know, depth chart? He's now in his, what, third year? I I know Sertain is starting. Yeah, you know, he's backing up Sertain. Yeah, but and now the, and, I mean, and now you get now 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 he's got to compete with other guys that you know he may never play there he, he may never play there may never play but but if, if he may never play there I mean we don't want him here either he would never play here either then Gary he would he he'd What's be starting here he would be a starter here by now he probably would not be starting over Ivy I like Ivy by the way I I I, I went to both scrimmages I like Ivy he's big bigger than I thought I seen him the first time at, at uh. Travis Powell, he's big, physical corner. I like Ivy. And Bandy, he was starting over Bandy. You think he'd be starting right now, Gary? Josh Job, he might be. He might be. It over might be who? at safety. It might be at safety, but I, nah. I think he'd be. Nah. I think he'd be one of the best four, probably. If he can't, if he can't play Alabama, he he, he wouldn't. I mean, Sertain, yeah, Sertain would have. But I mean, that mean all that all that tells me he was just is he suspect, Gary? I mean, come on. Let's be honest. But what I'm saying is he would have been better off coming to Miami than going to Alabama. I don't care what they gave him. Uh, how, how do you figure that, Gary? Because for his football future, he, might, he would have been better off. He'd be playing a lot more football than he's playing there right now. I, I, I mean, I think by his third or fourth year, he'll be all right. He, he'll be. And, and that's what I'm telling you. I'm like, I'm, I, that's what I'm trying to tell you. Like, Miami's going against these monsters. There are monsters on the football field as well, Gary, and they're breaking bread. I mean, how can Miami compete with that? You got to find a way, man. You can't just wait. You can't just you know say, "Oh, we can't compete with that." You got to find. You got to find a way. And let me tell you something else, Gary. I found out this weekend, which was disturbing. I mean, I got from a very good source. You know, you remember Jordan Battle, right, from St. Thomas? Yep. Yep. He's at Alabama. Miami didn't even recruit him, George, um, um, Gary. Miami didn't even recruit him. Yeah, they did. And I got that from a very reliable – Gary, when I say reliable, a very reliable source. The Miami didn't recruit him until two weeks before he signed. They were slow playing him. The kid wanted to come to Miami, Gary. They were slow playing him. He wanted to be here. We didn't even recruit him that hard. I'm telling you, I got it from a very reliable source, Gary. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, like we still play some of these kids, and then when 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 he was committed to Ohio State, then now we want to get in the game. Like, by then it's too late. I don't understand why we don't get on these kids, four-star kids. And it's not like he's under recruited. He was a four-star kid in your own backyard. You know what I mean? That's another thing. I, I, don't, I, I don't believe that that's accurate. I believe they were recruiting Jordan Battle. I think Jordan Battle made it pretty clear. Remember, he was committed, to, I believe it was Ohio State Ohio first, State. and then he switched to yeah. Alabama. I think he made it pretty clear he wasn't coming to Miami, and I think they moved on. But I don't think, that, I don't think it was the case. It, clear. What? Huh? it wasn't because they weren't recruiting him. No, he felt that they didn't recruit him very hard or well enough in the beginning. This is what I'm telling you, Gary. I got a very reliable source. They didn't recruit Okay, but but I believe early. the reason for that was that he made it pretty clear he wasn't coming. He was committed to Ohio State pretty early in the game. Right. And he, yeah, and he made he, it clear to you he was he, not going to Miami. 
So why yeah, would they waste their time recruiting him? He wanted to come to Miami, Gary. Oh, that no, he didn't. No, he did not oh, want to come to Miami. If he wanted to come to Miami, he would be he would be Gary, at Miami. I wish I could tell you who my sources are, but I'm telling you, he wanted to come to Miami. Neither heard that. But if you if you're right, then they but, did a crummy job recruiting them. But I don't, I, you know, that wasn't my perspective on it while it was going on. All right, you, I, and they might have. They're telling me when when uh, the, the coaches change happened. It was already too late. Did he sign in December, right? Uh yeah, I think he signed. Yeah, yep, I believe he did. Yep. Yeah. See, then it was already it was already too late. But but this is that's just another example of uh, there's plenty. Of, that's just one example. But there's plenty of kids down here that if we can't get these four or five star kids and we play this role with what's the kid Tyreek Stevenson? Yeah. Like we play this role all the way to like he was never coming here, Gary. He wasn't. What, what, from that interview I heard, he probably he, he probably wasn't, but but he said, he was certainly leading them on enough that they couldn't give up. He's a seventeen-year-old. Of course, he's yep. gonna lead them on. He's gonna tell them what he wants, what they want to hear. But when you wrote that article about his mom wanting him to leave, it was over. Yep. I knew it was over then. Yeah. Well, I knew. I knew. And you know when I knew it. You, you know when I knew it was over. When they had a recruiting event on campus, and he's, he and his mom chose to drive to Athens instead of just come over to the Miami event on campus. Oh, yeah. That's the weekend when everybody had their big uh, recruiting weekend. Yeah, and he, chose, he and his mom chose to drive to Athens, Georgia, instead. They should have stopped recruiting him then. Yeah. I agree. They should have stopped, stopped and put in maybe a three-star kid or somebody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Somebody that we can probably develop for five, like you said, for five years. Uh, Josh Job told me a year a year before Josh Job told me that he was that he was not going to Miami. But, a year, but, but, a year but in advance. He told you that, but, but what, yeah. what was he telling the coaches though? I don't know. He was playing with them. He wasn't the whole time. That. He wasn't telling them that because they were never. You know what I mean? These kids, yeah. you gotta kind of these kids play the recruiting game. They gotta you got they gotta kind of know what they're what they're going after. I mean, we got to keep these kids. Gary, I was watching one more quick thing. My bad. I'm holding up a lot. I was watching this kid. I was watching the Clemson uh, scrimmage. Yeah, how'd they do? This kid, Frank Latson. Oh, my God, Gary. He's elite. Yeah, he's potentially elite. Gary, Gary. Oh, my God. It's an embarrassment of riches. They have a wide receiver at Clemson. Yeah. And the kid still goes there. Like, I'm looking at this kid. I'm like, oh my god, how can we let this kid leave? These are the type of kids that we gotta we gotta find a way to get, Gary. And keep. I going. agree. I agree. Like the kid is a stud, Gary. I agree. <laughs> I mean, I almost I almost cried, Gary, when I see him. I'm like, oh my god, this kid is from South Days, and we just let him. Like, we gotta do something, Gary. If we gotta break right. the bag, I mean. You were talking about you can't I mean, you can't break the bag because if you break the bag for Frank Ladson, now you got to break the bag for everybody else down there. Why? What do you? Th- how about why? the two kids from down there that are committed? How, how about the two kids that are committed to, from down there right now that uh, that are on the commit list right now? You would have had to buy them because everybody would have yeah, known that that you bought yeah, Frank Ladson. They, 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 they all run their mouths. They all run their mouths. Yeah, it's it's right. it's, it's right. you know. And, and and now you got to buy everybody, and when you start buying everybody, what do you think happens then? 
Do you think but, listen, but, it's one but, thing for an out of state school that's a that's a power in college football. But why can't it's, why it, can't it's one thing to go into a place like Miami or go into a place like Los Angeles or, or, or whatever and cherry pick one elite player. Come in from the outside, cherry pick one elite player and get the hell out of there. Okay? And and they don't do it the same way all the time and all that. That's one thing, okay? You start trying to buy all these kids, all the you start trying to buy kids in your local recruiting base, and 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 you're you're gonna have a total disaster. Not to mention the fact you're breaking the rules and you're probably gonna get on probation because it's gonna be so visible. <laughs> I mean, it's not reality. I mean, everybody says that, but it's just not reality. Oh, we gotta find. A I way mean, to make it reality. are you? Where, where, where you're from? You're from South Florida. Yeah, I'm from I'm from Miami, but I'm I live in yeah. Florida. Imagine so I know, I know imagine the chaos. It sounds like you know people and I stuff. Because these kids, yeah. I, they run their mouth, Gary. I know. Imagine I, the I'm, chaos I'm, down here if Miami got into the business of buying players. I, I know because these kids run their mouths too much. That's the problem. One, two. It's not it's, just the kids. It's, it's, it's the fa- the families, the street agents. It's, no, a, it's, yeah, it's, it's the uncles. It's the uncles and cousins and everybody. And the friends. <laughs> You could it could never happen. Never happen. It would be the biggest disaster. The program would be, you could shut down the program. But there's no. But, but if that's the case, then Gary, there's no way Miami will ever return. I think. To Disagree. Back to where they were. Disagree. No. To where I, they were I, 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 well, I, I disagree. I think no, you, I think you no got to get. You know, you got to get the right chemistry going, and okay. you got to and. Huh. You think we got, so if you think so if you think if Mario Christmas was here, uh it wouldn't even matter about the bad game? Look, is, is we that, don't know we don't we don't know what would happen if Mario Cristobal were here, but I could tell you this. Alabama and Georgia would have been out of business down here. I'll tell you that. Oh, <laughs> that on, I could say Gary. with confidence. Oh, Alabama and Georgia would never be out of business down here. As long as they got their as long as they they're, they're, they bring in those bags. These kids are listening. They to wouldn't man. be bringing the bags. They wouldn't be bringing them. I'm telling you. But let's move on to another subject because why? Because they respect. Because they respect. No, uh, because because that's not the case right now. And and let's let's talk about reality. And and reality is that you have a new coaching staff. They're going out to recruit uh, now for yeah, the first love, time. Love, and and ball, and they. They're going out to recruit now for the first time, and Ball, they have to find a way. You, they, you can't just wave the white flag. You got to find a way to get you think that entrenched. Kid from you think you think that kid from D Land? If if, if 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 somebody comes to call him with the bag, you think he's coming to Miami? Avante? Don't know. Avante? Don't know. Don't know. We don't have a chance with him, Gary. Not a chance. Mark my words, Gary. We don't have a chance don't know. with that kid, man. I don't know. I, have, you know. I don't know. I have no idea. I'm just saying, and and he's not. You know, he's he he's from a little further up the state. You know, you're in a little bit of a bigger battle up there. You got to deal with Florida State and to you know sure. Florida and whatever. But I'm talking about kids from Miami, kids from Fort Lauderdale. You got to find a way to build a relationship. And okay, make yeah, a and make a sales and make a sales pitch that supersedes supersedes bags, fifteen or twenty thousand. Yeah, yeah, fifteen twenty thousand to a kid that's going to make millions in his life is nothing. No, it's not about the, you just it's got, not about the millions four or five years from now. It's about that twenty thousand. What he can do for his family right now, Gary. Think about yeah, that. Yeah, well, some of these kids' and, parents that got nothing, Gary. 
I understand. Think about them having twenty thousand dollars, them seeing twenty thousand dollars that they probably haven't seen in forever, or, or the whole. Come on, Gary, you got to think in perspective. I understand. Like we're, we're, we're recruiting kids from Malibu. You know what I mean? I know. So twenty thousand dollars to you might not be, you know. Well, then, then I uh, guess Miami will never be. I guess Miami will never be back. That's exactly what I said, Gary. They would never. Be back. <laughs> if you can't ever they win on any kid that's game. any good, if you can't ever they win on any kid that's any good, I guess that, no, that that's no, from Gary, your own turf. Then I guess I say, Miami back. will never be back. No, no, no. When I say back, you know what I mean. I don't mean winning the Coastal and losing the Clemson every year, because they can do that now. I don't. They can recruit three star kids from down here and do that. Because the coastal is terrible, I don't mean on that level. I mean back to a national level, Gary. That's what I mean when I say back. You, I mean, you I, I don't, I don't, I don't share your opinion. I think Miami will be back. You think Miami? You think Miami won't can't win the coastal every year if they? I mean, well, I don't think I don't think winning the coastal every year is necessarily reality. But I think Miami will be back. It's just a, it's a question of when it'll happen. What's your definition of back, Gary? I think they'll be back, back as a fixture as a fixture in the top ten, and I hope it happens in in our lifetime. Oh man, I hope you're right. Because because Gary. it's a fu- you, you get the right coaching staff in there doing business the right way, and Miami wins. Right you way. can get enough. You can get enough players. Business the right way. That's a matter of perspective, Gary. Well, do you think business was being done the right way here in the last year? Um, not I even mean, close, right? Not even close, right? No, not last year. No. Correct. That's, weren't recruiting no, 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 well I, enough, I weren't think, coaching no, no, no. well enough, weren't the running problem, the program the well enough. Was, there the there was nothing good enough in the last year, right? If Mark Rick would have stayed and hired Mark e, uh, uh, Enos and got rid of his son, we would have been okay. Mark I agree. Well, I agree. Well, problem. he was part of the problem. And he was, was not the problem. No, but he was a big part of the problem. It was the worst head coaching year I know I've ever seen. He was a big part because of the problem. He was the play. But he was far so from the only a guy problem. Like Danny, you know, and let him run the offense, and he played as a figurehead, kind of like Bobby Bowden did all those years. He, if, he, if, he, if he focused on being a head coach, he could have been fine. I totally agree. And just fundraise and, and, and play his role, we would have been close to uh, uh, top 10, like you say, but he didn't do it. I agree. So, uh, but I mean, that, but that's my, but that's my point. That's what the point I'm making to you is that when this program is run in a professional manner with a good coaching staff that can go out and recruit, that can coach, look at some of the coaching staffs that have been here in the past when Miami has been great. Put that together. It, I, well, I agree. It's been a it's it been a one debacle. It's, it's been it's been one now, debacle Gary. after the other. You haven't had that it's since Butch left. It's a different game now in recruiting, Gary. It's not like when Butch Davis was out there. Okay, so are you telling me that game. if that if Butch Davis was the head coach of Miami, that he'd be losing everybody? The guy that put together the best roster maybe in the history of college football. Do you think he'd be losing every recruit? He would, yes, he wouldn't be getting these top guys that these guys are breaking back. I don't believe. I don't believe. I don't believe that. You think, Gary? Gary, you think a seventeen-year-old kid that wasn't even probably was in diapers when Butch Davis was at Miami recruit? You think he would be? Do you think Ed Reed? Do you think Ed Reed and and Reggie Wayne knew who the hell Butch Davis was when they started being recruited? No. 
It's not about that. It's not about that he's 70 years old or whatever. It's about the way – wait, let me finish. It's about the way that he runs his business. That's what it's about. No. How you run your business, no, who no. you hire, a, who you serve. back then, Gary. Dude, it's it the same game. It, yeah, it wasn't yeah, a different but, time. You don't think it, you don't think anybody dropped bags in nineteen uh, in nineteen ninety nine? You don't think there were bags nah. being dropped? You're wrong. No, not in, You're wrong. Not in South Florida. All right, man. No. Listen, I think we I think we got to end this conversation so somebody else can talk, but. Uh, I, I love yeah, the dialogue. But, you make a lot of great yeah, points. But, I'm just not as I'm just not as doom and gloom about it as you. I, I believe that Miami will be back, and it's a, it's a Miami fundamental. With, with, one more question: You think Miami will be back with Manny Diaz? Yes or no? I don't know. I can't answer that yet. I haven't seen Manny Diaz as a head coach yet. Uh, I don't, you know, it's all it's been a couple months. Gary. I can't I can't answer that all question. Right, so in the fall after the, the Florida game. No, give, give me a couple Diaz. years. Give me a couple years, and then I'll give you an answer. Dude, I gotta have two years to watch the performance. I can't judge something that I haven't seen yet. (laughs) All right, man. Hey, we'll talk to you in August, man. Thanks, thanks, thanks for joining the show. (laughs) All right, Um, five six three nine 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 three six three three five six three nine 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 three six three three. Hit one on your keypad if you want to come on the show. We got about twenty minutes left. So if you want to get in, get in now. Let's go to the 561. You're live on Kane Sport Live. 561, you with us? Going once. Going twice. All right. Next time, uh, let's go to the 904. You're on Kane Sport Live. Hey, how you doing tonight, man? Doing great. Who's this? Hey, this is Ian. Um, What's I, up, I Ian? I called you in a minute. All right. I hope we I hope we kept you entertained enough in the last uh, ten fifteen minutes there as we were debating uh, bags and all that other stuff. Um, here, here's a here's here's a couple stories I wanted to throw at you, and this is one of the reasons why I think how I think Miami can come back. Dorian Jones was slow paid by Miami. I know this for a fact. Who? He's a legacy kid, Dorian Jones. Okay. Larry Jones' son. Uh huh. We needed another linebacker. He wanted to come to Miami. Wanted. He was Broward County Player of the Year. He wanted to come to Miami. Miami was like, well, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. He signed with Louisville. I asked him a couple weeks ago. I said, would you have come to Miami knowing what you know now? He said, without a doubt, sir. But he was slow played by, now I get it. It wasn't the current coaching staff. But we have got to find a way to stop that kind of craziness from happening, Gary. We have to find a way. You don't tell me we could use a linebacker like him right now? You know, I'm not the, I haven't followed his career. Uh, is he, He's starting for Louisville? No, he, he's just going in now as a freshman. He just signed in December. All right, well, well yeah, I mean, we'll have was, to see what kind of – Right. I mean, we no, can't really judge. We can't really judge that talent evaluation now. I mean, if he, no. you know, if he goes and, play, and that, becomes a starter and plays great at Louisville, maybe. But that's not what I'm. That's not where I'm going, Larry. Gary. What I'm saying okay. is that here is a kid who is a legacy kid. I understand. Broward County Player of the Year. I got you. But listen, in fairness, 
in fairness, you can't take every legacy, and you can't take every kid from South Florida. So part of what a, part of what a coach wait part of what a coaching staff has to do, they have to evaluate and do a good job of evaluation. And if they if their evaluation is this kid's not good enough to play for us, you have to respect it until they're proven wrong. There was another kid that comes to mind that Mark D'Onofrio passed on, a kid by the name of Damon Arnett, who I remember um, him was a defensive back, was dying to come play for Miami, and Mark D'Onofrio didn't like him and decided not to recruit him. He went and he played a lot of football for Ohio State. Um, you know, that was a bad evaluation. So, but they're not all you know, bad evaluations, anyway, and, and that's and part of what they have to do is they have to, you know, there's, there's 300 kids out of South Florida that'll go play Division One football. You got to evaluate them against each other, and you got to decide who are the best ones for you to recruit. And I, I get you're gonna I get it, you're gonna I live or it. die by those evaluations, so they better be good. Right now, one other point before I go, um, what I'm so sick of is all these kids telling me. Oh, this is my dream offer. This is my dream school. The two kids from up in Jacksonville, uh, Chance Williams, and I remember the name of the offensive tackle. I just knew those kids would have been signed, sealed, and delivered already. Grew up in a Miami household. And now we're here in Georgia? Gary, <laughs> you know what? Don't tell me that Miami is your dream school. Just go somewhere else. I mean, I'm, I'm just so sick of all of that craziness. Listen, if it is your dream school, why wouldn't you go there? I, I mean, I'm just saying, Gary, I mean, am I missing from here? I think every situation's different. You know, like you said, so, you know, like, like the last caller said, some kids just, you know, are looking for handouts and, and are easily turned. And then there's other kids that Miami's their dream school and they come here, whether no matter what they're offered. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of kids on the Miami roster right now that were offered something by other schools that came to Miami anyway. That's true. That's very true. But you know what? I think I think we need to get back to the way Butch Davis evaluated talent. Butch would go for a kid that wanted to be there, not a kid that you had to beg. And I think we need to get to a point where the Stevensons of the world, the Joves of the world, where we see that they're not going to come, turn away and say, thanks, but no thanks. Hey, you're great, five-star, but you know what? We're not going to play this game. And if we start doing that, Gary, maybe, just maybe, other kids will stop playing us like they've been playing us. That's all, man. All righty, what else you got tonight? Man, that's it. I mean, like I said, I just want to come in with a couple stories, get out, great show. As usual, look for you in the fall. I do believe, though, I believe this coaching staff is going to surprise people. I think everybody is gun-shy because of what has happened in the last 10, 15 years. But I do believe we're in the, on the right track. I don't know why. Maybe I'm in the minority, but I think we're on the right track. All right, man. Well, thank you for being part of the show, and uh, give us a call again in August. Will do, man. All right, man. All right, guys, we've got about 15 minutes left. i got a clear board. So if you want to get on the show here down the stretch, call in now, 563-999-3633, 563-999-3633. Uh, last call for calls this evening. Uh, a couple more questions that I'll uh, answer here that were submitted on the message board at canesport.com. 
What grade would we give Zach McLeod as far as overall contribution to the program? Is it safe to say he's injury prone? Good player, but hardly available. You know, that's a great question. I mean, maybe a B. Uh, he has been injured a lot. But here's what I would like. Even if Zach McLeod is healthy, he's probably the third best linebacker of the three. And they have to use the striker so often right now that it really limits his reps. And if the darn linebacker position wasn't so thin, I would consider redshirting him this year. Not too dissimilar to what basketball did with Rodney Miller. And let him be the dude next year, which would be maybe better for his football career. I mean, with limited reps having been injured, I mean, what's his draft stock figure to be like after this next season? Probably not great. And I think Zach McLeod could benefit from, and it's it's crazy and it's not going to happen, but a redshirt year this year where he could come back the next season in 2020 and be the lead linebacker on this team and get a chance to really shine and perhaps improve his draft stock with the NFL. So that's, that would be my opinion on, on Zach McLeod. Uh, we'll see what happens, uh, but I don't, you know, the way he, the game is played today, I don't know. I mean, he's not going to put Pinckney or Quarterman on the bench very much unless somebody gets hurt. So uh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, a basketball question came in. Who is left on the basketball draft board? Well, Cogell's sitting with three scholarships in his pocket right now. And um, there's a kid that is actually visiting today. He's here in town right now. A kid from Utah, a 6'7 forward by the name of Tristan Anaruna. It's down to Miami, Creighton, and Kansas. If he wants in, he will get one of those three scholarships. They're going to get a visit next week from a kid from Cincinnati, University of Cincinnati, one of their best players, defensive player of the year in the American Conference, um, a kid by the name of Nysir Brooks, who would make an immediate impact next year as a grad transfer, would be a great pickup for them. He'll be visiting next week, but he obviously also has other options. And there's then, then there's the kid, TJ Holyfield, who's already visited, is in the midst of taking a bunch of visits. He's a grad transfer from Stephen F. Austin, also can play next year. Uh, if they could get all three of those, they'd be done and be very happy, and it would have been a great spring. So we'll see what happens uh, there. Uh, another name I've heard, another transfer who's considering Miami is um, from Northeastern, a kid by the name of Sean Oseas. But I think that the priorities are the first three guys that I mentioned. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. Um, all fluid situations that are evolving here over the next uh, few weeks. But they've, they've done a good job so far in, in, in fortifying the roster and uh, should be better next year, regardless of which of these kids they land. All right, that's going to do it for tonight. Um, I hope everybody enjoyed our two spring shows last week and this week. Tried to cover a lot of ground, um, a lot to watch and, and, and monitor over the summer. And we'll, of course, be doing that for you at canesport.com. Uh, we'll be taking a little hiatus from Canesport Live. Uh, we'll come back the week before the season in August, and of course, we'll be here every week uh, during the season to uh, slice and dice everything going on. Uh, thank you to everybody to listen. Thank you to everybody that called in tonight, and um, thank you to the entire Canes Nation out there. It's been another great year 
uh, for Kane Sport, and it'll continue. We'll be all over uh, recruiting here in the next month or so for you um, as the coaches go out and try to see what they can get done on the recruiting trail, really for the first time, because I don't count those few weeks in January where they were tidying things up. So uh, until then, everybody have a great rest of your spring and summer. I'll see you on the message boards, and uh, I'll say good night, everybody. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.